Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 86. On tonight's episode, the smart manling and the really well-playing manling get together and go on my favorite kind of battle, Elf Killing Elf. <laughs> so shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you basement games, Elven death, and all things Hammer. They call me the U-Tang, Chris U. And I'm the one who knocks. Nice hat. <laughs> How are you, brother? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. It's been quite a week. Kind of interesting week. We uh, played our game, actually, yeah. several days ago, and we're getting ready to record everything for the beginning of the show, and... Uh, didn't have a lot of show notes for this part up until like two days ago. <laughs> Suddenly, and then Fast and Furious, yeah, Bing Bang Boom. Yeah. So uh, before we get to that, why don't we take a few minutes to thank our sponsors? Well, let's take a moment to thank those sponsors: Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois; Cool Mini or Knots Dark Age; Mirce Miniatures; Mantic Games; GuildPainting.com; and Battle Foam, protecting your army. Nice. And don't forget, on Christmas, the Christmas episode, I'm taking the full breath, how long I can run it. <laughs> we'll time it. Army, we should. We should take bets to see how long <laughs> that can be. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, um, we have a couple of shout-outs. Yes. You want to take the first one? Since I definitely should probably be the one to read the last one. Sure. Uh, first one reads, Hey, fellas, I just stumbled upon Garage Hammer yesterday and really enjoyed it. I listened to the Army Picking uh, episode and had to say that I completely identify with the Picking Army that somehow reflects personality idea. I, too, am, big, uh, am a big stocky dude and have an affinity with the dwarves and chaos armies with their thick, heavy armor and smash-mouth type of play. I just wanted to throw in some support for my fellow dwarves against those cocky, self-sure elf-type people. Hmm. <laughs> they need dwarves. Dwarves. Yeah, like, ugh, dwarf. Dwarfs. Anyway, thanks for the podcast. It's a lot of fun, Chad. Yeah. Thanks, Chad, even though you took a dig at uh, us elf-type people. But well, after the fun. last few episodes where the, the dwarves have been getting, not only not getting some love, but getting a whole lot of hate. Well, that's the difference, though. Dwarves deserve the hate. See, that's so out of line. Well, I don't why? Get, because. What would the dwarves know about the line? They're so far under the line, they oh, can't even see, see the line. See, look, you know, you think you're so superior <laughs> with your highfalutin <laughs> almond eyes and pointy ears. Oh, almond eyes? Is this turning into a racial oh my God, thing? No, <laughs> the elves. Oh, okay. If you read the, if I thought you, this was turning into an Asian thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you read the descriptions of them, I like in the book, in the fluff, and in the... Uh, even in the the Tyrion and Teclas novels, they have the elves have almond I see. shaped eyes. I, I thought you chose that for my benefit. Oh my god! Because no. historically, the White Devil has always oh, that's you know, true. white. You know, used almond eyes. Oh, us Guaylo, we are Guaylo, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> wow. Anyway, no, no. You know, I'll make fun of you a few times. I'll bring up a little Korean <laughs> joke here and there, but I ain't going to start talking about <laughs> right. That's that's. That's getting in the hole. You're going to get hate mail let's here. Keep the, let's keep the racial uh, posts wow. fictional. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd gone there. But no, I, honest, I was with the pointy ears and the... Yeah, I, gotcha. I was I going gotcha. with... So, shout-outs. <laughs> Shout-out number two. Uh, this one comes from Andreas 
Bjarlid. It's B and then B J A with the umlaut. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's I, it's. I think I think it's Bjarlid. Yeah, Bjarlid. I maybe. So I apologize for mangling your name, but at least it's a name. You know, it's something. That's an honest mangling. Okay. Hello, I'm new to the Warhammer fantasy community and want to start a new army and have a problem with it. When reading all the army books, they're all awesome when you're reading the fluff. And it's a big problem that you don't know which is the army race for you. I wonder where all the races, strengths, and weaknesses are. I like your review of the fluff part in the army book review. I'm thinking your podcast is the only one that's doing it. So, Thanks, Andreas. Yeah, and he, he jumped in. He sent us some emails. And it was funny because he was asking about, he'd send an email asking, you know, how do I pick between these? Oh, did he actually ask you? Well, yeah, there was one of these. Yeah, how do you? Oh. How do I pick between these? They wow. all sound great. Yeah, what do I do? And I was like, well, listen to the last episode. <laughs> go back to episode eighty-five because hmm. we tried to help. We didn't go through each individual army's strengths and weaknesses. We kind of saved that for the army review. But different maybe, approaches you can take yeah. into selecting your maybe army. Maybe we'll do that one time. You know, that can always be an episode or so where we just talk about okay. Just in general, a few minutes on each army. This is a play style. If you like this type of army, these guys are a horde. These guys are elite. These guys are this. We can do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, just to, you know, how do, how do you see this play style of this army? Especially since we don't play most of them. So right. I'm certain we'll get all sorts of people telling us how wrong we are. You, could, you should do it where we should do it in true gamer fashion where we randomly roll a die. And see which and talk, one we get. And on the spot. Okay, talk about this army. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so uh, we got the last... Shout out we got was from uh, James Brown, of oh, the Kiwis. Hey, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I just got that. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Every time I hear it, I you're think you're all that over. I tonight. am just. I don't know. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> it's a lack of sleep. Could be. Seriously, with all the late night grading I've been doing. All right. Uh, hi, Dave and Chris. I hope you're well. I've been meaning to leave a voicemail on the show, but haven't got around to it, so I sent an email. Chris recently helped us out at Kiwi Hammer by designing our new logo for our podcast site, the Montrest Cav Kiwi. I didn't realize you had done that. Like, I saw it, and I'm like, oh, they got a new logo. That's really yep. great. You never yep. told me you were doing that. This is, I, I didn't did I fi- not, not mention that? I didn't find out until they were tweeting, hey, Chris, we love oh, this. Okay. We love this. I was like, oh, so that was yours. Nice work, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, I want to say a big thank you from us at Kiwi Hammer. On a personal note, I've been really enjoying the show. It's refreshing to get your take excitement on things. I'm probably on the competitive side of gamers, but I don't want to lose sight of the hobby aspect either. I'll sign up for the forums and start a chat there about the Dark Elf episode. Uh, P.S. If you ever make it to New Zealand for a holiday, there will certainly be a room for you to stay. Cheers from James, the sexiest man in Warhammer, Brown. Thanks, James. Hey! Sexiest man, huh? That's what he says. I haven't met him. I don't know. I, I haven't I, met I, him either. He's you know, certainly I, a nice guy. I, you know, if, if if the choice is between me and him, it's probably him. So he could be right. I don't know. I'm not going to even go there. So, but uh, yeah. So that's uh, the shout outs. Um, and uh, we didn't get any voicemails this week, but oh. we do have voicemail. What's that number? Uh, one seven five seven G H show six. Again? That's one seven five seven G H show six. And. It's not zero one one. It's zero zero one. <laughs> now we know, huh? <laughs> yeah, I actually went went and looked it up. It's really weird though, because like most of the world, because I went on the I went on the internet and looked up dialing internationally, yeah. and I chose America and say, where are you calling from? Most places it's zero zero one seven five seven GHO six, but like Australia, it's zero zero one one. 757 GHO6 And then if you pick on certain countries Certain countries just have their own Like weird system set up But So 
Most, okay. it's like the, most countries, and I'm using a broad generalization, but it seems from the ones I looked at, for most countries, it's 001 and then 757GH, the area code and phone number. Okay. Um, there are there there were a few exceptions that I found as I was clicking through them because I was right. figuring why would they list all these different countries unless some of them had different styles. Well, what's the case for Zimbabwe? Uh, I didn't. I I might have checked Zimbabwe because I was scrolling through. <laughs> I was at the bottom. Do we I have think that's zero zero one? I doubt it. <laughs> Hi Zimbabwe, I mean, if, if you're, you're listening, let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, give us a call, dude. I love getting the voicemails. I really do. I love getting voicemails. It is fun. Um, so please leave us a voicemail if you wish. Uh, I I do have one personal shout out to give. Okay. Um, yesterday, uh, I was on a field trip with my cl- with my students. I took them on the annual field trip to the Field Museum. Uh, not Field, the Art Institute of Chicago. Oh, very nice. And we go every year. And uh, I was thinking of Domus, and I want to give a shout out to my buddy Domus because. Last year at the Art Institute field trip, we always go to Portillo's first to eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went and I got a large, the big beef sandwich with you the mean, large you mean sandwich. The big beef sandwich. Sandwich. When it's when it's dipped like that and yeah. all soggy, that's a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> See, I didn't realize there were different. There's different. That's types. a sandwich. Gotcha. Yeah. The sandwich is like you know your ham sandwich, your nice big bread beefy sandwich. What if half of it is dipped? What do you call it then? Then you then Sam then, sang- sandwich. Yeah, that's a Sam sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got the big beef sandwich and the large fries and the chocolate cake and the wow. big drink. And that was that day I was walking. I started like about 20 minutes into my two-and-a-half-hour oh, yeah. walk. The other day. So I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah, right. This was a horrible idea. That was the day Domus said, hey, we should start, you know. Was that a year ago today, though? Or about a year, a year ago. ago. Okay. Usually we, went, we actually went a couple days before Thanksgiving. So it was like a, a year ago last week. And that was the day that we both said, hey, we should get in and start, you know, kind of keeping track of our mm-hmm. weight. And by the time I got out of the Art Institute and got reception again, 30 other people are joining. That was the start of Fat Hammer. Wow. So, and we're just finishing up uh, our second, it would be, in fact, the last weigh-in should have been on Christmas, but we backed it up to Christmas Eve. All right. So the last weigh-in for Fat Hammer 2. And then, so if you're listening to this, uh, we are going to be starting up Fat Hammer 3, the uh, January... A, um, January 8th, which is the the New Year's is Wednesday. We weigh in on Wednesdays. Right, okay. So it'll not be on New Year's Day. That would I Nobody see. would do so it. So it'll be the 8th. So it'll be the 8th. Um, and that's, uh, we're going to start Fat Hammer 3. We're just kind of keep going. What, what are you calling Fat Hammer 3? I know Fat Hammer 2 is something like Blubberoo or something. Electric Blubberoo. Electric Blubberoo. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we're just going to start just calling it, reg- just numbering it. I, I like those names. They're, they're, I'll try to think of something. You can try as well. I'm not really involved in it. But well, I, yeah, because you're not fat. You're in tall, I could stand to lose, you know, I should lose 10, 15 pounds. That you're for, welcome to jump in and do a weekly weigh and It keeps you honest. I should. I should. My whole point for rambling on all this is, guys, it's going to open up again. I mean, it's always open. You can jump in anytime. First year we did it for a contest. And everyone's supposed to paint someone else a model. Oh, yeah. And a, a lot of people have, I just recently have started posting, hey, I never got my model. So <laughs> I think a lot of people just kind of forgot. Well, yeah, um, it's more about the weight. That's it's, a, it's, it's incentive. Well, and for the itself. second one, we said, let's skip the whole contest thing and just do it. And it's funny because. We had about, I think, 60 or 70 people sign up on the first one, and it really dropped about 20, 25 mm-hmm. people continuously doing it. Right. This one, we had about 20 people sign up. We got about, I think, 8 or 10 okay. continuously doing it. But they all said they want to keep doing it. It's just, I mean, it's like Weight Watchers. Every sure. week we're going in, we're talking on the forum, we're, we're weighing in, we're chiming in. in. It's like accountability with yeah, each other. Yeah, and we're all yeah. checking with each other. And it, honestly, it helps. 
Yeah, that's the objective is to lose. Exactly. Lose so, weight, so we are welcoming you guys to join in. And thanks a lot to Domus because he's the guy who pushed me to do this. So um, just thanks to him for kind of getting it all started and doing it. And also thanks to Billy on the forums. Bill Bill Robertson, hmm. uh, he, um, he's the guy who took over for Domus and does the spreadsheet every week and lets oh, everybody really? know how much okay. they've lost. And he's the one who keeps track and reminds everybody on Monday, hey, the spreadsheet's up. Don't forget to weigh in on oh, Wednesday. Nice. So, I mean, these guys have really been stepping up and and taking taking hold hold of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. You know what? Uh, Quick commercial break, and we come back. uh, News and rumors brought to you by the Circle City Circuit. Sounds good. Hey guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commissioned painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. Are we going to sing it all in the Christmas episode? Do any caroling? Uh, I don't know. Are, are people sending in requests? <laughs> no, they have. They, they've stopped ever since Christopher and I actually said we're not doing it anymore. Oh, why, why was what was the impetus behind no longer singing? Um, you know what it was was we were doing we were trying to be a we were trying to be a serious. Warhammer oh, podcast, serious. you know, a little All bit more competitive gaming. We were, no, we were just <laughs> we were getting some emails and stuff from people being like, "I love your show, but you know, what's with the singing songs that people are requesting?" Because uh, Cranky was sending in his own oh, version of I see, songs. I see. You know, I, I didn't mind it. Colin Graham so no was more, great. No was more rapping, in, I guess, is what people. Oh, we'll, yeah, that's coming up. We're doing that <laughs> next time we get some voicemails. I'm telling you, that's going to stop people from voicemailing right. us. But all right, so uh, news and rumors coming from the Circle City Circuit. Um, Sigmar's blood is coming out. That just came up on the uh, on the pre-orders. On the yeah, that does look pretty cool. I'm kind of excited for it. Um, obviously, I'm excited because it's VC. Uh, it's another campaign book. It's uh, and, and it highlights the struggle between VC and Empire. Yeah, Manfred. It, I was reading something. Manfred mm-hmm. declares uh, he's taking it all over, and he's going to wow. take that and march into the Empire. And Volkmar the Grim is uh, not going to allow that to happen. So you've got two big car- big players in the Warhammer world. Uh, it's got four new narrative scenarios that if you play it in the order, it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they actually they have uh, some new rules for playing with the, you know. 
this is one of the things I really love about the GW supplements. Whether whether or not you thought Blood in the Badlands was worth the money, mm-hmm. they were different scenarios. And okay, this one is being played underground, so you can't fire oh, off your right. war machines. And they just came up with wonky sort of rules, like if we're playing in this place, this terrain, this type of stuff would influence our game. So throw in some rules like for it. Uh, you know, if you're playing it for fun, for the for the story aspect of it. Then I think those types of rules are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, you actually can extra abilities your characters can earn as a result of fighting in the campaign. Ooh. So that is cool. Yeah, I mean we're already we're doing that in our With campaign experience stuff, points. Which which uh-huh. I yeah I talked to Greg and Stephanie. Uh, they stopped by on Monday, and so I should be sending out the rule pack uh, Friday for everybody okay, to cool. look at over the weekend. Um, but that is just well, you're going to need an empire opponent then. Well, if you want to do it, and they actually list, I think from what I've read, not only do they tell you this, but if you want to play it, it just like in the Triumph and Treachery, mm-hmm. they actually say in this battle, the, this is this is what you bring if you want to play the battle exactly. So it like will tell you exactly who to take, what they're equipped with, and everything. Like for other armies as well? Well, for the Empire and the VC right, army, but if saying... you want to play it exactly that way. You could use the scenarios with any army you want. Oh, I see. But okay. if you want to, just, just like uh, like I said, like in Triumph and Treachery, yeah. they've got three or four battles in that, like scenarios and stuff that you can play, but they also list all three armies that were actually at that battle. Oh, I see. So you and exactly what they talk. So if you want to just do exactly as right. that, if you want to recreate that battle, Here's the exact armies to take. If you want to right. just use the scenario, be our guest. We have a lot of gaming that we need to do, David, oh, between this and Triumph and Treachery. I know. We have a lot coming up. I'm, I, this is, I, I'm hitting I, you know, it's my, my own personal golden age of Warhammer here totally. with all of these books coming out saying, hey, just here, try this fluffy game. Mm-hmm. Try this fluffy game. Um, and I've actually I've heard from about a half a dozen people who've actually played with Triumph and Treachery, and I've only had one group of players who thought it really slowed it down and was annoying. Hmm. And the other guys all sort of thought it was pretty cool. Um, now, granted, my sampling is far from scientific. It's just people I hear who are talking about games they've played. Sure. But uh, for the most part, it seems positive. I'm really jazzed for us to play that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how they play. And uh, well, what better gauge than when you, in, when you experience it personally? Exactly. So, we'll, so do it. we'll do that with a couple of smaller armies and uh, maybe some mercenaries. There was another uh, thing that broke recently, Bellacor. Yeah, that was actually over on the Black Library site. Yeah. They have their advent calendar, which pops up. They put up two releases a day. One's like a short story ebook mm. for like mm-hmm. two bucks, and then they've been putting up these supplement things you could buy for your army. Right. Um, it's been four days, and they've done two for forty k and two for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I purchased both of the fantasy ones. Now, what do you think? Uh, well, well, okay. First, um, I I did I actually bought it accidentally first for the ebook. I didn't realize that wasn't the iBook, so I purchased it and I downloaded it into my Nook, which is you know, and I have an older Nook. It's not in color, but I actually have the Nook app on my iPad, so I put it onto my iPad, and it's just a PDF. You just right. go through the pages. It's got all the rules, all the information. Five bucks. For that it was version? four dollars. Four bucks. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they also have the 40k version mm-hmm. because it's you know it's demons, so you can sure. buy it for 40k. Uh, you can buy the well, ours are called battle scrolls. Theirs are called data slates. But mm-hmm. you could buy the battle scroll Fitting. and the data slate for seven bucks instead of the four dollars a piece if you bought it together. I see. All right. So the there's dollar. a little 
volume I, discounter. So I bought it for four bucks, and everyone's like, "Oh no, no, that's not the iPad one." So I'd never bought any of this stuff for the iPad. So I said, "What the hell?" And I actually went back and spent another five bucks and bought it for the iPad as well. Bought it for 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 this show for research purposes. For research purposes, gotcha. Um, I will say that honestly, the iBooks one is just way better. From a uh, interactive point of from view, from an interactive sure. point of view, instead of going through and finding the the you know the the character sheet with all his stats and rules, mm-hmm. and then flipping page you know flipping page after page after page on your nook, reading each individual rule, they're just highlighted. You just touch them and they pop up, which is really kind of cool and really right. easy and convenient. And I'm not so flipping terror, all over. What is that? You click it and terror comes up. Yes, and it's every special rule, not just oh these are the not the special u- ones for him. Yeah, not the ones that are just unique to him. So uh, I really, uh, I mean, it's really cool. It's got a couple of good. It's got pictures mm-hmm. of him, some you know, a couple of painting pictures of him painted. So it tries to cover like the whole gambit, like a mini army book, except just for just for Bellacor. When would you envision yourself using those rules? Well, okay, it says they're official rules for. For Warhammer, right. so I mean, I suppose if I mean, and here's the thing: Bellacor used to be in—I don't remember if it was the Demon Book or the or the Warriors of Chaos book. I can't remember. I, I which can't book recall. He was in. But uh, so you're saying because it, because GW sanctions it as a an official edition that that the general populace populace should embrace it, no matter what. Well, no, not no matter what. I mean, if you're playing pickup games in your basement and the people you're playing with are like, ugh, 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 then right. then you don't use it. I mean, you go with. I mean, you got to go with whatever sure. your gaming group goes with. I know there's already been talk on Twitter. Are people going to accept this in in a tournament? Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I I don't as a know. player. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, here's the thing: if it's listed as its official GW new rules. Then they're the rules. It's just like, you know, printing this up is just like printing up any other PDF. Now, that's the other thing. The EPUBs, I, I, I don't know exactly how, but I know you can, like the PDF versions mm-hmm. that you can download for, like, your your Nook and your mm-hmm. e-readers, apparently you can get, a, you know, print those out so you can have them in your... In your PD, in your okay, FAQs. Right. You can't print out the iBook stuff. It doesn't work. Mm. So... Now, if I want to have the rules for Bellacore, now I have to have my iPad with me. Um, See, that's a, that's another thing. So let's not even go there yet. Right. But, but in terms of uh, the, you know them adding these to the rules as a tournament player, if you have a whole bunch of rules, let's say five, six, twelve, do you feel compelled as a player to stay on top of those new developments to stay you know competitive or whatever you want to call it, so that you know what to expect? <laughs> the completest in me. Wants to see those rules. I mean, mm. I, I'm I'm one of the guys who does have the binder with the FAQs when I go to a tournament. Right. You know, I know a lot of people don't. Uh, I usually will have. I don't have everybody's rule book, but I will at least have the FAQs and the big red book. So I'm assuming you have your own army book, and if right. there's a question, we can look it up in the FAQs. This is almost like something to go in the FAQs. I would think. You know, I. You know, mm. I mean, well, I mean, look, they in the White Dwarf, they they redid the Power Scroll. And they said this is the new official right. ruling, and everybody accepted it. Now, granted, that was something that was already in the book, and it was, that was more of an FAQ than a right than a re- than an addition. I'm torn. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's. Uh... I mean, I know a lot of people like uh, like especially in 40k. A lot of tournaments they say, or I'm assuming we're talking tournaments, mm. no Forge World because it's not necessarily balanced to the books because they're not exactly the same 
company per se. They're a right. different branch. Uh, some of these things are overpowered. Some things are broken. Some mm-hmm. things don't fit. We don't want you. And plus, it's expensive, and then you got to get the yeah, PDFs. Forge World is its, its own kind of world. Uh huh. Well, this is from Black Library, though. It's this. I mean, if you don't, if this is not. <sighs> this is not on the GW site. On the GW site, you click it, and it takes you to iTunes to buy it for the iBook. But but if you don't you're want- already seeing it, though. People are already reacting. Like, oh, you know, can we have this? Mm-hmm. You know, they, the people are emailing tos. You know, Raj I mean, he of uh, Wapaka in this case. This particular one doesn't seem. Bellacore doesn't seem broken to me. I don't want to sit around and necessarily go over the rules. Yeah, I, everybody yeah, I don't else, either. It, it, he seems reasonable. Curry already did it on Bad right, Dice Daily. Right. I know every other podcast is going to jump in and, oh, the rules, the rules. The fluff on it's great, by the way. The first ever oh, chosen sure. before Archeon. He's the first ever chosen. I'm sure the fluff is. Um, yeah, they're always going to you know highlight the fluff. There's, to, there's two short, short stories in there. One where he meets uh, Manfred. Von Karstein, yeah. and another one where he fights a slayer, right? A dwarf slayer. So, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that and it was cool. Uh, I didn't mind spending the five bucks for it. I really didn't because there was a lot of cool stuff in there. Do you, are, do you feel compelled to buy every one that will come out, or again, do you measure that on a case by case basis? Right now, I'm going to measure it on a case by case basis. Now, having said that, just today, the new one because it's been two days. <laughs> And so yesterday was a Tau thing, I think, right. for 40K. Which to, was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it pretty cool. Own, right? Today, the new Battle Scroll came out, The Restless Dead, which is a... Now, this is another Battle Scroll, but it's not a character. It's a formation. Mm. So if you take these units, then they get these special rules. In this case, it's... VC. Which and then the units that you must take. So here's here's how it works. Uh, you must take a White King. All right. And then one to two units of Graveguard. Okay. One to two units of Black Knights. Mm-hmm. And one to four units of Skeletons. Each unit of Skeletons must be at least twenty models. So the minimum in the book is for Skeletons is ten. Right. Here it's got to be at least twenty. The other units can be their normal minimum. Would you say that that's a themey formation or a power formation? Well, the White King, the Grave Guard, and the Black Knights are all whites. I mean, because they have they they're all the ones that are all affected by the Banner of the Barrows. Right. So that's all together. You know, uh, skeletons obviously aren't, but they still fall under that sort of at least model wise and things. That's the skeletal look. Yeah. And everything. Right. So it's I mean it, there's it's no ghouls, no zombies, right. none so of that it's, stuff. It's all the skeleton so things. It's, it's leaning towards a fluffy. Formation, right. right? Right. I mean, it's, you know, I mean... I, I, when you read it, when you described it to me, I didn't think, oh, my gosh, that's totally broken. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Now, what did I get for my five bucks? I got the list of the formations, and it gives you all of their uh, list, and there's, there's nothing here that's special. Um, he can, You know, it basically, it lists the White King, lists his exact same stats, mm-hmm. Uh, can have 50 points of magic items. But, it, but it's be the ability that that formation is granted. Well, now, the the formation gets two special rules. Which are? So, for taking your White King and minimum of three units together, mm-hmm. uh, the first rule is called Death Mission. After both armies have deployed, the player in command of the formation, with the White King in that, picks must pick one unit in the enemy army or a piece of terrain that's at least partially in the enemy's deployment area. All units that from this formation that are within 12 inches of the nominated unit or terrain piece suffer one less wound than they normally would due to unstable or following the death of the general. So it's kind of like an extra BSB for that unit. Right. 
If you're within 12 inches of your chosen enemy unit, like that's what I'm going after. It mitigates damage by one. Or the terrain. So if it's one of these capture the you know capture objectives, you can name the objective. Mm-hmm. Or if it's kill off the like we've played in 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 tournaments where it's like uh, kill off your enemy's largest unit or kill right. your enemy's biggest core unit. Sure. Well, you pick that and go, and then you lose one less model to mm-hmm. crumble every time. Um, that's not actually the one that I like. The one that I like is Master of Undeath. The White King and all the units in this formation that stay within 12 inches of the White King can march even if they're not within 12 inches of the General. It can no longer be used if the White King's dead. So basically the White King starts to act like your own General. Remember in in the Olded book, Mm -hmm. anything with Vampiric, you could march if you're within 12 inches of anything that was Vampiric. Oh, right. Now it's with you're within twelve, or it might have been six inches of anything vampiric. I think anything but, but with now it's the general. Now it's twelve inches of the general. Yeah. The white king acts like a mini general. This is his formation. He can march on his own because he's a white king, mm-hmm. and as long as these guys are within his twelve inch bubble, they can march as well. So he can take off and not be near the. You could set up your general at point A. Set him up way at point B and not have to worry so about... It's a little added flexibility for your army. I would think as a VC player, that's pretty cool. I'm all excited about yeah. this. I usually take a White King, and I do actually take... In fact, the only thing is I would have to do is I would have to add in a unit of Black Knights, because I usually got some Skeletons and some mm-hmm. some Graveguard. Uh, so to have this as this own little mini Formation. pocket yeah. army off on the side, which if you look, it's got a general, it's got a core unit, Mm-hmm. And then it's got a couple of specials in it. Right. It's its own little army. It is neat. And yeah, it's kind of cool. Now, once again, I said it's a case-by-case basis, but so far I've bought all of them. Right. In fact, I bought both <laughs> versions of the Bellicor, which was stupid. Right. Honestly, well, I wasted four bucks because I wanted to see what the differences was. Actually, I only did it because I did want to talk about it on the show. Oh, okay. You know, what's the difference between the Nook version or the you know the e, e, you know the Moby or the EPUB and right. the iBook? You know, say what you want. What, I know there's a lot of people out there who don't like Apple and iTunes and all that, but the, well, they're, they're completely leveraging the uh, yeah that technology. Yeah, but for sure, the iBook thing is way cool. I mean, even here under the the like when I flipped open, remember I said Bellacore, all his special rules. Every special rule for the White King, the Black Knights mm-hmm. are all highlighted in blue. Um, but even here, when it says he can take an additional hand weapon, great weapon lance, he can take a battle standard. I can click on battle standard, mm-hmm. and it pops up with the battle standard rules and actually says for the vampire couch battle standard what the rules are. So it's not just normal battle standard rules. Right. Uh, the troop type, cavalry, infantry, I can highlight those. So And those pop if, up. If so you it's use really this, cool. Let's say this becomes tournament sanctioned, and you go to a tournament using this formation. You, you're, you're able to do so. So now you're bringing your books... Your rule book, your army book, now and an, iP- an iPad as well. Yeah, is that what you're envisioning? Well, I mean, it's, if I want to use the formation, I don't have a choice. I gotta then, bring it. You'll say you play your opponent who does not have an iPad and doesn't know what that formation and is. And so here now, I got well, and then what, that's another thing. Like when you place it on the table, hey, listen, they have this formation rule. This can do this, mm-hmm. and then here I am handing that person my iPad so they can look at the rules. I know if someone's handed me their iPad, I'd be very nervous. I don't want to have That's your iPad the thing, drop it. Because then you're, you're, you're more focused on playing with an iPad and not focused on the game. I, I it's Because I like where GW is headed with uh, you know digitizing all their rules. Yeah. Uh, in an in a ideal world, once all the, all the books are digital format, 
it's easy to update all the information and you know the FAQs and everything. You just this is the kind of stuff I'd rather just see in a rule book, though. I don't know. Like I said, I've already spent ten bucks this week. So you're you're all in. You don't have a problem with the the digital media as a as a supplementary thing. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it's weird because I, I I have this is this is all I've got are these two battle right. scrolls on my iPad. I haven't bought any of the books. That's the thing. Is that then as a as a TO, you know, people who want to use this are going to have it, of course, on their iPad that they bring with them. People who don't have an iPad or don't you know aren't into the rules won't have it. Well, and it's only then is it on the TOs then to supply everyone with a hard copy of that? You know what I mean? Well, and that's so the I, thing. I don't and know. it's only digital. So then, a you got to get. If you want to print it out, you got to get an e-reader copy, mm-hmm. which is cheaper than the iBooks copy, mm-hmm. but you still got to get it. I don't know if you're allowed to. I don't know if you're technically allowed to print it out. If the option is there, then yeah. I mean, but printing can't it out, stop it. yeah. I mean, it's a PDF. I mean, right. I suppose you could print it out and hand it out to people, but I mean, that's the same thing as hey, I'll burn you a copy of this CD. I mean, people do things like that, but you're not supposed to. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's it's a weird. It is weird. Thing. We're, we're I don't know. It's how I feel. uncharted territory. Yeah. yeah. You know, its technology is is catching up to the game finally. Yeah. For better or for worse, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. I, we'll see. I gotta say, the two things I've seen on here are really cool. Um, I just, I almost wish they'd have showed up in White Dwarf. Yeah, part of me. Here's the thing. Not, They're not already so selling White Dwarf. White Dwarf is 10 bucks an issue unless you're buying it on the digital anyway. You know, mm-hmm. throw it in there. I mean, they used to put all this stuff in the White Dwarf way back when you'd have yeah, but now they can stuff. charge, you know, more in addition to the White Dwarf. It's and another I, revenue stream. And I you know, I got no beef with them making money. I don't either. But you already have a venue to put this stuff and it is I mean it's but you can create a new venue that people will pay for. That's true. Very cool from a technological. But I, I, but I get White Dwarf digitally. I don't get White Dwarf. In fact, I do get White Dwarf on my iPad. I don't mm-hmm. get the hard copy anymore because it's, I think, eighty. I think it was no. I think it's sixty-five bucks a year. Right. For uh, well, yeah, for I that, mean, we we've already proven it. People will buy White Dwarf and they, they'll buy this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That much is clear. So. They just, made, GW has made the right decision there. I'm, I'm just saying, in in my mind, I think that's where it should be. They already have a venue for it. They have a place to put it. And, you know, for the people who... And um, honestly, you hear all the people saying, oh, I quit, I cancel my subscription to White Dwarf because it's just a catalog. Right. I think that their subscription rates, or at least, and, or if nothing else, their individual issue sales. I mean, whenever... Not likely. It would likely well, go up. When the demons and the... And the uh, Warriors of Chaos got that little that little pamphlet with yeah. the new rules in it. Those are the ones that were sold out right. like that. Right. You couldn't get them in the stores. Because people want that meaty content. That's what people want. And if you start putting this type of content in a White Dwarf, that meaty content, mm-hmm. people will start subscribing again. And you right. get a lot of people subscribing mm-hmm. again. White Dwarf really is sort of for the beginner hobbyist most sure. of the stuff. Even when you look at their painting tips, mm-hmm. there's cool stuff there, but it's at best intermediate. It's sure. not... Super advanced stuff. Um, you throw the rules in there, and you got people. It becomes gold then. People yeah. want it, and people are buying it. Yeah. And that—that's my own. That's that's why I'm saying it should be there. They've already got this medium that they want to sell, which I think they would sell a lot more. But the other thing is, then you're also tied to that publication schedule. Whereas with these, you could push them out when they're ready. Just put them out there, like sure, this advent could. calendar. Yeah. You could never do that if that was in a white door format. That's true. So, However, the other thing is, if you're putting out a new set of rules monthly in White Dwarf, whether it's one set, two sets, three sets, 
White Dwarf's 10 bucks, <laughs> 10 bucks an issue if you're buying it on the stands. Mm. About six, seven bucks if you're buying it on the, on the iPad. Uh, you know that's that's more than the rules <laughs> for the for the Bellacore. Yeah, but you know? again, if you could have people buy both, you know, GW gets their cake. Yeah, and suckers like me. Too. I got you. But well, I'm, no, I'm not. Just, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But a lot of people, everybody who oh, out yeah. there who you know does both. I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn. It's I I just paid an extra ten bucks for. I mean, okay. My beef with Bellacore is that he was already in the old edition of the Army book. Mm-hmm. He was in there, right. He isn't in the recent edition. Like he was dropped. So it's they a had a model. Move. They dropped they must, him. I out. mean, they were obviously planning for this at that point. They probably said, "Okay, let's hold him back." Yeah, and I don't want to. I, I so don't want to be negative, and I don't want to be a GW conspiracy theorist. But I mean, there's already people who are on. I, I've been reading on social media today, kind of upset about the Bellacore thing for those reasons. They pulled it out. What's to keep them from? Only put putting no special characters in the next rule book, and then if you want special characters, you got to buy each special character's downloadable content. If that's where we're headed, that's you can't. I don't think you can start complaining until we get there. That's a big leap. Yes, it is, but it's like I said. That was my beef with Bellacore. Was he used to be in the books? Why wasn't he in the book? I mean, they could have put these rules in the book. The formation thing is cool. I like it. In right. fact, it reminds Maybe. you of because I, I have those forty k books. Apocalypse does a lot of that stuff. Right, where you right. Have the special character formations. thing. It's hard to read into that. I mean, uh, I'm I'm not saying that's what they did, right. and I'm not saying that they're going to cut out all. I'm not. Like I said, I don't want to be negative. I'm just. I mean, I spent five bucks on a character set of rules that I'm actually quite happy with. Mm-hmm. I just don't want this to become a thing. I mean, I granted, now, you know they're going to probably do about 10 more of these over this advent calendar right. thing. I just don't want to see them every week asking me for another five bucks. I don't want to get nickel and dime to death sure. to have all the stuff for my game. Well, it's, it's you know, the, you, you can vote with your wallet if, if it's something that you don't want to do on general principle. Yeah. Well, know, I just, mean, obviously I just did. Well, I know, but I'm saying if it becomes a pattern by, G, by GW and they keep on putting these things out. For you know the special character, yeah. uh, uh, conspiracy theory that you just mentioned. I mean, okay, this. But remember, the same thing happened when Xbox started having downloadable content. Everybody said, "Oh, they're going to put out games and then they're going to charge us for extra stuff. They're going to purposely leave stuff out of their games and charge us extra." Mm-hmm. Hell, I remember when Jeff Carroll opened up his uh, the Podhammer, uh, the Inner Circle, the Inner Circle. Yeah. You'd see people like they, he would read emails, or people would 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 post in the forums. I'm never listening to your show again. You're you're charging me right, for yeah, stuff that used to be free. That, right. You know, it's that you're always going to get that reaction. Well, and I, not, I think if if you if it really upsets you, you just don't. Yeah, and I'm not it. and I'm not trying. I don't. I'm not trying to be that guy. Going, oh my god! You know they're going to charge us for something but, that. But you you fear that the landscape will change to that effect. I don't That's know. A bit drastic, I, I think. I, I don't. Okay, I, I don't necessarily fear that would happen. I'm. I'm it is. It is possible, but not probable. Mm. But I, like I said, for a character that used to be in the books and then isn't in the books, and now I'm paying to put him back in the book, I kind of feel like, hey, you know, I'm I'm paying for something that should have been there already. You know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, for the high elf book, Imric was a character that was in right. sixth edition. If he shows up later this month. Will I be upset? Probably not. Just Will you one buy character. it? Uh, mm, depends on how effective, you know, how good he is. Okay. Uh, if he's a fluff choice, that's not, you know, I probably won't. 
Because the I'm not, I don't have the completest streak like you do. If he's a subpar character that's weak, I, you know, I definitely won't buy it. Right. Part of it is you don't really know till somebody buys it because you can't. You don't get to like. Well, people, the rules people will chatter about it. Sure. I picked up the VC thing because I heard it was a formation thing, and I just hadn't seen one before. I thought it was cool. I hadn't seen one for fantasy. I'd seen mm-hmm. it for 40k. And now that I read it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Was it five bucks? Cool. I don't know. Yeah, but it's only five bucks. Yeah. Well, you know, at I the mean, same time. But, but once again, we it's, say that, but five bucks. Twelve times this month is going to be sixty bucks. If I if I were to go if and buy, you buy all, everything, which that's prob- up to you. <laughs> yeah. No one is making you buy these. So, you Look know. at the way this conversation's going. <laughs> we're going way too long with yeah, this. Yeah. Um, so it, that's but it's, it's weird. I mean, it was. I don't know. I was interested, and I bought them, and I like what I bought. Like I like what I'm seeing. I like getting the extra full. Now, granted, there's four or five pages of backstory. For Bellacore, plus the two little short stories, right. so I got way more. In fact, I'm not. I, maybe I'm flip flopping. Um, <laughs> you get more than your five fl- bucks worth. Well, fluff wise, I got way more than I think would have wound up in a white in a in a in the in the rule book. In the rule right. book, they get a page. You know, right. they get a picture, maybe a reference to it somewhere else. Yeah. Well, there's you know usually I mean like when the Tyrion or Teclas or any of these any of these yeah. in, there's a picture. There are the stats, the special rules, and then the fluff, whatever fluff fits on just that page. Sure. This is a lot more fluff and a lot more background. Yeah, you're not constrained by that. editorial you know, limitations. Exactly. So. so I guess for my five bucks, I did get a lot more fluff-wise than, I mean, it's it's kind of like those extra books they're putting out. I know 40K's been doing it a lot. I, Harrison got the, uh, yeah. for the Eldar, the Iandin thing. Okay. It's a 64-page book that's got, like, four pages of rules. It's got, like, 60 pages of... Of fluff? Of, of yeah. Wow. Of, you know, it's like, if you like this particular part of this army, this chapter, or this, this branch, and you pick up the book, now, granted, the book's, like, 30, 40 bucks, but you could totally... And, and they've got rules, special rules, formations, well, characters. Well, unless you immerse yourself in, in that army. And you can immerse yourself... your favorite. Yeah, but it's like, um, I mean, you play elves... Mm-hmm. It's almost as if they came out with just a uh, a Lothern book for like thirty bucks, sixty page book on Lothern with new a couple of new Lothern special characters. That would that, see that special to me. rules and formation. I could see that, but three pages of rules and then lots of fluff. Sixty pages on the history of Lothern. Just I could see that. That's the kind of stuff they're coming out with. I would be into that. I, I got to admit, I got I've been suckered into buying a few of those things. I wouldn't say suckered if you well, like it. I mean, it. whatever you want to call yeah, it. But if you like it, yeah, it's, you know. it's. I won't buy all of them. It's the completest. Really? Me. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing: like the 40k ones, they've got like a dozen of them now. Well, I'm not expecting that you'll buy all the 40k ones, but well, even for fantasy, I mean, a dozen thirty dollar books. Oh, right. I mean. Especially for an army that I don't play, do I? Now the fluff would be nice, but I, do I want the two pages of rules and special rules and special formations? For that you don't, yeah. For an army I don't play, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to spend thirty bucks for rules for an army that I don't play. Don't I'll buy the main rule book because I want the fluff, I want the story, I want well, to know the army. I, I think that's why that's where the tournament consideration is important because if tournaments do start to allow these, then people are going to the competitive players are going to feel compelled to have to buy everything. And that's well, that's the argument. And that's what you get for being a win-at-all-cost player. You oh. want to just take all the best lists? You want to do all that? Go ahead. Be my guest. Buy it all. Well, uh, that means it remains to be seen. Do yeah. these actually supplement that the win-at-all-cost style of play? They might all just be fluffy choices. And that could be it, too. Yeah. So, um, 
and I'm not 100% certain because the one I saw was 40K. I don't know if those are good or bad choices. I don't know the game well enough. Well, and, and the, uh, the the white formations, we don't know how effective that's going to be. Well, it, I it tell you what, nice on paper. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, getting a bonus to your crumble plus getting to march away from the general. Out of the bubble. Psh- yeah, that's oh, nice. I'm all about that. Uh, seriously, if you guys let me use these rules... I'd seriously consider not, but the thing is, it also requires you've got Graveguard, you've got Black Knights, and mm-hmm. you've got Skeletons. So that's a pretty sizable chunk of your army, though. You're you are paying for this, yeah. I mean, this formation, you are paying in the points for your army, right? You know, to, to make sure that's in there. So that might not be um, a supplemental part of your army. That might be like the crux of your army at that point. That yeah, I mean, that's about half. Yeah, depending on how big you make those units, I mean, yeah. I suppose you could take. Ten Grave Guard and five Black Knights, but then they're not all that effective either, are they? You know, correct, right? And your unit of twenty skeletons. Let's face it, we all know how well skeletons, <laughs> right? <do. laughs> so I mean, it is kind of a fluffy choice, but you know, I'm flipping through the backstory and mm-hmm. reading it, and it's it's cool. I'm so far, I it's, like it's what neat. I've seen. I really will say, I like what I've seen. I'm just nervous that I'm going to get asked for five dollars every you know every week. Well, that remains to be seen. Yeah. So I, I wonder what tomorrow will bring. Well, the today was the VC one, so tomorrow will VC be a forty k one. Okay. one. And by the time you guys hear this, there'll be a whole handful of stuff out there. So, <laughs> yeah, and I may own a bunch of it. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, it's on iTunes, and so it's hooked up to like our family account. Uh, so, like, I'm I'm waiting for my wife to ask me when she goes and looks. Why we have two charges for? Did you buy something on iTunes for uh, five dollars well, two days for in a research row? for the show? I know she's going to be like, "Hey, fork over some cash for this, Mister. Yeah. You just you, you took that money out of the family account. Nice. It's show research. Then the show can pay for it." Uh, all right. Well, this is completely unresolved. Oh, well, you know what? You keep asking me. What do you think? You know, as a player, I like it. I think it's good for the game. You know, it keeps um, everyone interested. It's new stuff. Uh, I, I, it injects some energy into the the scene, which I th- I think is a good thing. But again. From a tournament point of view, um, I I don't know. I I think a lot of it will depend on what we see in these upcoming releases. And I haven't talked to Grant about this or the other members of uh, of the Bits Circle, but I'm I tend to think that they'd be okay to add in terms of tournament use. So you're just but you're just guessing. We I mean you haven't talked. That's to them. my feeling. I mean because it does say that they're official. You know if they're official GW rules, right. then. I mean, my first reaction is they should be allowed in. They're official uh, rules. But come on. The community doesn't say, you know, just because GW says it's official, that doesn't mean the community will embrace it. Well, I'm just, I mean, that's the whole, look at okay. the whole comp thing. But I know, but if you're playing out of the book Warhammer, these are new rules that have been added. Out of the book or out of the ebook? Well, they think, see, and that, <laughs> right. I mean, but exactly. Um, you know, yeah, you should, I guess, but then will you necessarily? I can see. I mean, if if tomorrow they come out with you know, you know, Sven the Unbroken, who's got right. you know straight tens on everything, and he costs fifty well, points. I'm just saying. I mean, you get something broken, you can I'll suddenly see a lot of people. No, nope, he's out. That's less and I'm of my concern. You don't, no, I, that's less of my concern. I have faith that GW will put out balanced slash fluffy slash usable, you know, characters and additions and supplements. My concern is more on the uh, logistical side. From a tournament organizer, are both players going to have access to these rules? If they don't, do we have to supply it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And how... Is it it printout? Is it iPad? And where's the cutoff point on that, too? Right. Because if this stuff comes out fast and furious, 
I know usually you know a lot of the tournaments will say the book's got to be out at least a month before we allow yeah, it. Yeah, and now the, the technology is finally catching up to the game. Yeah, rules are flying. TOs are going to have to adjust a little bit, I think. So, so, it's, so we're lucky in that you know bits is you know a good six seven months off. We get to see what the, how the dust settles. So basically, the gist of our conversation is you and I both like the new rules, but don't know how much we like it. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what this means for the future. What does the future yeah. hold for Warhammer? Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not certain. I, honestly, I don't know. What I'm to excited think. to see how things develop. It's always good to see changes, but then I think people fear change, and I think they feel th- that it'll threaten their. Their hobby, the status quo. Sure, and I sure. think that's why you see a lot of this knee-jerk reaction. And I think you know, I mean, there's always the people who are going to worry about the cost. That's always a factor, right? And you know, I mean, for people who already have a bit of a bad taste in their mouths, getting nickel and dimed could really just be something that right. just irritates and presses you. Because I think a lot of people given the opportunity, are a bit of a completist, at least when it comes to different rules, mm. like the rule sets, at least, and stuff like that. You know, mm. people, I'm playing in tournaments, I want to have all these rules, I want to know all these rules. So, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry that I won't, I feel bad almost like that we started the conversation, because what, you know. Well, it's exciting. There's a lot of fun events that are occurring. Yeah. What does this mean for things as we progress? Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's remains exciting, but a little scary. Yeah. You know? Remains to be seen. Exactly. All right. We definitely need to break and come back. Yeah. And we're coming back with the Toolbox brought to you by... That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back. Welcome back to the garage. David, first coming at you. Oh, yeah. With the toolbox. Yeah. So what you been up to? Uh, wow. Um, I'm still. I'm almost done reading Fulgrim, which is really bad. I should have been done done reading Fulgrim because we were supposed to record today and I couldn't because I just didn't have it done and now we're supposed to record Friday. After all, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm just... You slacker. I got finals coming up. It's. I mean, I, I knew this was going to let happen. real world get in the way of yeah, your of, hobby. Of talking about the Horus Heresy. <laughs> right. How dare I? <laughs> Don't you know that the lives of millions hangs in the balance? Sure. Well, I'm working on it. That and I be, keep reading that demon's book and just. 
Mm-hmm. If Dwarf went right around the corner, I would be full bore into it. But really, I'm. If what's stopping you? We don't know for sure when that book's going to come okay, out. A couple of things. Well, I'm fairly certain it's going to be January or February, at least in my fairly heart. Fairly certain. Whereas you have a book that you can s- certainly use now. Well, I'm still trying to get my VC stuff ready for Wapaka and finish off my 2,000 points. I want to talk about that later. But. And finish off my 2,000 points for the Garage Hammer army painting thing. Challenge. Trying to get my 2,000 points done. Um, so that's going to take me up until the end of the year. Uh, if the new army book comes out, then I'll start on it. If it doesn't come right. out until February, that's actually better because I'm still focusing on my VC, VC. Okay. until the end of January. Until the end of January, I'm really going to be focused on my VC. Even if I get the new Dwarf book and I pick up the new models. Right. Still VC. It's still VC until after PACA. And um, there's a guy I was talking about training, this guy named Cody Scott, mm-hmm. who, by the way, nice guy. Talked to him back and forth. He's got a bunch of Nurgle, and he wanted to trade for some Ogre stuff. And at first, we were going to make this huge trade, and it kind of fell through, mostly through my own fault. Um, there was just We both had a bunch of stuff the other guy didn't really need, and we both kind of wanted to do one big bulk trade, mm-hmm. and it didn't quite work. Um, and then once I started parceling out the Ogre stuff piecemeal, I got back in touch with him. Right. And asked him, would you want to trade some of it for some of my stuff? And he was agreeable to it. But uh, Cody, and uh, if you're listening, Cody, thank you to, for your service to our country. Thanks, uh, Cody. He's get, he, he was getting deployed uh, last weekend. Hmm. And I, called, I, I emailed him a little over a week and a half ago and said, hey, would you want to trade part for part? He's like, well, that's great, except I'm getting deployed right after Thanksgiving. I got to get ready. Uh, you know, I got family coming to see me. My wife, we just got back from vacation. So those things were, he basically uh-huh. didn't have the time to ship to me and wouldn't be there to receive the package. Mm. And so what, basically what I told him, I said, if you like the deal, I'll put this stuff aside. Hmm. And he's supposed to be back, hopefully at the end of March. Okay. And when he gets back, then, then we'll, your demons will be in full we'll swing. do the trade. But by then, your dwarf book will have arrived, and you'll be... And I'll be building that. Knee-deep, I say knee-deep in dwarves. That's probably knee-deep, like ankle-deep in dwarves. Well, and I may be building and painting dwarves and playing dwarves, but that's not going to stop me from getting those demons, building them, putting them together, and I can still play with them, play some garage games, see how much I like them. Okay, just don't inundate yourself with too many projects to the point where you, well, you don't do them. Since I've officially cut down to four armies and I'm stopping at this until mm-hmm. all four of them are like done and painted, mm-hmm. I have no worries. <laughs> it's like okay. it's sort of a freedom of, of there, I don't think there's going to be any hobby wobble because I've got my books. It's like Brett's are beautiful and if they get a great book that's going to be great but they're not one of my four armies and so right. I'm not so worried about it. Okay. Plus getting the demons in if I need a break from painting dwarfs, I can go paint a few demons. It's like I I actually feel freedom from my – yes, I've got four different armies that I'm working on. Right. But now I can work on anything and feel like, hey, I'm making progress. Gotcha. Because there's not all these six other armies sitting in cases in my closet going, you ignore us. We right. You're mean. So we've kind of encased a lot of your hobby stuff. Are we still on reading? No. Because <laughs> well, of the demon book. <laughs> right. So, yeah, well, here, do go ahead to your reading and then tell us about your hobby stuff. Uh, reading, you know, I'm finishing up Malekith finally. Yes. Going into the, 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 the closing parts of that. And uh, it is enjoyable, and uh, I, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I've read the other two books. Okay. On that one. Uh, They're all good in their own way. They're all really good in their own way. Yes. I, I will admit that the, the whole reveal of Marathi um, uh, and her role and how they revealed that... Caught me by a surprise a little bit. I, I wasn't expecting it quite that early. 
and the funny thing is, you know it's coming. Yeah, you know, and it still catches. It surprised you, me. Yeah, which it's it's great when an author can write a story that you know and still keep you surprised at parts or interested or yeah. Or wrapped so I was in. pleasantly surprised at how they revealed that. A little confused, but ultimately pleasantly surprised. The um, other bit of reading that I've done, and maybe we could circle back to this in a later episode, was is the Warriors of Chaos Fluff. Yeah, from their army book. I've just kind of been reading bits and pieces here and there, and overall, it's pretty good. The one beef I have with that, and maybe it's the author, I'm not sure, is they keep on saying, you know, the, and the warriors attacked these the orcs or whatever and tore them to ribbons. They use that phrase a couple of times, and to me, that just seems out of place. That tore them of, to ribbons. Yeah, like they just keep using that particular phrase. I think I, I think I saw that at least twice, and that kind of vernacular bothers me because it's. I don't know. It's like, oh, you know, we, we we kicked their butts or, you know what I mean? We hit it out of the park. <laughs> Using it in a Warhammer sense. It just seems yeah, out of... Yeah, I can see what you're you saying. You know what I mean? You've got this high fantasy sort of yeah. feel, so try to come up with a... Yeah, keep it in, in character. Yeah. So, I, but we'll circle back to that because I think that book deserves its own, its own fluff review, right? Hey, uh, there's an idea. Hmm. If, if we get the new books, as we cover the new books and cover the stuff... Because go back to old books where he never sat through the fluff and just there's quite a few warriors, fluff and reviews, demons. <laughs> yeah, we should that. do that. Yeah, look oh. more more episode ideas. Um, as far as watching, I don't, did you talk about what you had watched? No, I hadn't. No. Um, I, I just was talking about reading the demon book, and then we oh, got okay. into my okay. Got into some of my stuff. So go, if you're done with the reading, go into your hobby stuff. A hobby, I, yeah, quite a bit. Go for it. So, you know, I'm working on this dark this uh, high elf army. <laughs> uh, uh, Pre-sundering Nagareth yes. army. Let's let's give it a fancy title cuz you're doing a lot of work. Pre-sund- yeah, the 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 knights of um the sons of Anirian. That's what I've titled it. Ooh. Yes. Nice. So, I finally primed it. All the converting is done. So, I've I've eclipsed the converting stage, gone into priming, and I'm starting to experiment with paint and colors and nailing down what I like. And I think I'm going to go with silver, bronze, red, a deep red. And black slash gray. Okay, I think those. That's going to be my general palette. So it's going to um, be a darker palette. A darker palette and something very like warlike. Okay, uh, and aggressive. Well, I'm. You know, I got to say, I know if, when you read it, a lot of their mm. colors for Nagarith are like that silver and black and purple. Mm. But that's also uh, obviously the Nagarith colors became the dark elf Correct. colors. Right. I'm glad that you've chosen to go away from that traditional. Nagarith colors. I mean, the, mm. if you look at, I mean, I'm certain you could. Oh, this is a you know a smaller section, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm glad you didn't just go with silver, purple, and and black and and bronze that you you made the yeah the, the I, I didn't want the, yeah the purple is too overtly dark elf I, yeah I didn't want to do that I didn't want to go with the lighter colors even though it's a high elf army yeah because I've it's been there, there done that and I don't want the army to look like a necessarily good guy force uh-huh. good but starting to be tainted. Yeah, it's a fine line. It's kind of strange. It's more. It's like the Batman army. A little it's, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> the yeah, Dark exactly. Knight, yeah. Um, but big thanks to Travis Mays. Actually, he's been sending me tons of bits. Oh, really? To help me out, yeah, quite a bit. So thank you to Travis. Um, I picked up a nameplate for my display board. Really? Yeah, nothing fancy. Yeah, I was at Hobby Lobby and I saw this. It's like basically a, like a jewelry display stand. Okay. It's like this big metal cross with a second bar on top. Okay. I guess the top bar is for rings, the bottom for necklaces. Okay. But it, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, it looks totally like a standard. So 
I, I, I bought it for seven bucks. I'll have this big sheet of paper in the middle that I'm okay. going to, you know, paint up and have a frame around it that'll have some kind of picture on it and the narrative. And on the side, like two, like, tassels that I could have a picture of the, the Widowmaker sword on one end and maybe some runes on the other. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a lot of thinking in terms of how to, how to do that display uh, wow. nameplate. But, um, yeah, so the, the high elves are coming along. And let's see. I'm so behind. My display board is still in sketch stage. Well, that's all Wapaka stuff. Yeah, it's, it's mine too. Yeah. So that's it pretty much a hobby. But a lot of this is, you know, geared towards Wapaka, which is coming up here in about, what, six weeks? Yeah. Originally, I had planned for this high elf army to be ready by then. No way that's going to happen. So, and, and I'm glad you're not rushing to get it done for a tournament. I'm glad that you're like, no, I want to sit. I want every single model to be how I want it to be. Exactly. Right? I, and so close, I came to being like, okay, it's full burn mode. Let's do this. Get it ready for, for Paka. But I've fallen into that trap so many times before. So, And I have a, a, a perfectly painted... Well, I say perfectly painted. <laughs> a painted orc and goblin army ready to go, so I think I'm just going to use that. Okay. Um, but I wanted to throw it back to you and ask you how your Wapaka preparation is going, because I know you're kind of playing with different army builds, slightly different army builds. Have you settled on the no. one? No. 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 In fact, um, I bought another Vargulf. Oh, you did? I have a I pair of them now. I always thought you should have. You should have two. I have a pair of them now. Good. It's sitting right there. I just got to put the last wing on him. I was wondering what that was. Okay. Yeah, that's my Vargolf. Um, I just got to put this one wing on him, and he's done. Um, have you ever pl- you've never played twin Vargolf before, have no, you? I don't have twin Vargolf, so I've only ever played the but one. But you've never proxied. Yeah. I'm gonna, no, I've never proxied it. So, I'm gonna, so what do you think? How do you think that build will work for you? Well, I mean... It's one of those things where it's, you know, target saturation. I've played him a few times, and he gets into a battle, and he does pretty good for Mm -hmm. a round or so, but... uh, That's it? Just a round or so? Well, I mean, the problem is he either, you know, it's it's hard because of the combat res. Ah, right. You know, you got to pick your... So the first couple, I I would go after bigger things, thinking I could thunder stomp and chomp them up. But Bigger things like bigger sized units? Yeah, bigger units. Figuring, Ah. okay, they've got... I've got... You know, they've got uh, maybe one or two or three points of combat res, right. but I've got my four attacks. I've got my thunder stomp. All, right. I've All got it region. takes is uh, one on the thunder stomp, and you whiff your attacks, and exactly. you're in And so I learned that real quick not to do that. But then trying to run him up the sides and get him back into the small right. stuff or the chaff, because he'll chew up chaff like crazy. Sure. Um, but do you want him devoted to those points? Right. Or, or to get him into the backfield and, and chewing yeah. up war machines and stuff is great. Right. But he never gets there. Right. Because <laughs> the war machines take him out. Yeah. And it's like, you know, a lot of them weren't flaming. It's just... it. it well, the, when all you have is the tough five, four region. When something crummy hits him, though, like I've had people like, you know, just like shooting their bows at him. And yeah. like, oh, a couple of bow shots. Oh, yeah, regen. No problem. You know, where, where I might have taken a wound. You know, it's, like, not really all that great. Right. Um, and then it's like, oh, cannon. Oh, I failed the regen. Okay, how many wounds? <laughs> there he goes. Four. Right. Damn it. <laughs> and I take him off the board. Um, so I'm thinking with two of them, I might have a better chance to get them, get, get them in get somewhere them in. and start tearing things up. Do you think you'll run them, like, in tandem? Like kind of covering each other or one on each flank? I was kind of thinking of that. Instead yeah. of putting just one on each side, so then if one gets blown away, then that whole side's open. Just, okay, the two of you are hopefully, <laughs> the two of you are here so that at least one of you Support gets there. Support each other, yeah. right. I mean, I don't know. I I think the Blood Knights are out of the list. 
they're out. Oh, you were so intent on having them. Well, I really wanted them just for fluff purposes, yeah. but for that cost, like even you pointed out, for the cost of four of them, I can get like four or five Vargeists. Yeah. You know, and actually have a few points left over. Right. It's three wounds per model instead of one. Yeah, and, I'm go- and I went from four wounds from four Black Knights. I mean, four Black Knights with a with a banner blood, blood and a music or Blood Knights. Yeah. Four Blood Knights with a banner and a musician. I'm over. I'm at, I'm at like two twenty. Yeah, it's a lot of points. Okay, yeah. so that's for four wounds, two up armor save. I'm at a two twenty. Whereas for thirty, I think it's I think for 34. I think five five of them are less than that. Five of them cost less. Right. Five Vargeists cost less than that. And you're, that's uh, 15 wounds. Yeah, 15 wounds. Yeah. And it's are they, are they as good as, you know, point for point? Are they necessarily as tough as a Black Knight? Well, Not necessarily. They're, they're different. They're different, yeah. Uh, I don't use them any better. <laughs> they wind up, you know, I wind up losing them a lot too, but it's just... Well, I think they're a little bit more forgiving because right. they have the, the more wounds. They fly. Exactly. Frenzy you know. is something that you kind of have to deal with. But the Blood Knights are frenzied too? Yeah. At leadership seven? Yeah. So... Exactly. So yeah. it was one of those things where I love them, and I I will I will definitely keep taking them in friendly games. <laughs> I just don't want to take them to the tournament. That that just seems funny. Friendly game. Here are the Blood Knights. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna tear your face off. But hey, it's a friendly game. But here's the thing. I like I said. I just I don't want to go and bring them, and with all the people that are gonna have cannons and all this stuff. Right. I'm just afraid that. One bad frenzy roll, they get let off, and then suddenly shoots a can. Someone shoots a cannon in my flank. No, oh, and then they, there and it's they gone. Go. Right, and it, you know it's just. I mean, I'm paying money. I'm going out of state. It's the it's my first out of state tournament. Hmm. You know, and I'm I'm going this way. I'm going to be gone the whole weekend. You know, this is the right. farthest I've ever traveled for a tournament, which I know isn't far compared to what most people do, but. I don't go out that often. I mean, I don't leave the house that often, much <laughs> outside of work this is a big, and kid activities. This is a big departure deal for, for me, you, yeah. You know, and uh, I just and it's not that I have to win. I just don't want to. You, you don't want to trip over and. I okay. It's and I, it's it's that adepticon fear. It's that it's getting curb stomped four out of five right. games. Well, oh yeah. Well, I would definitely play. You know. As many games as you can with the second Vargolf and see how it feels. Yeah, I just basically it's why am I not bringing the Blood Knights? I haven't found a way to to use them effectively. If I could use them well, mm-hmm. I I would definitely be taking them. Sure. And I'm not saying if they're mopping up the field. If I could just use them well, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows I will take a fluff choice if I think I can at least just get to keep it at a draw. Sure. Right. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> you know. My coven throne. I mean, that's what I did. I, all, I, only one game was decided bigger than a twelve-eight game out of five because right. I can, I know how to use it, and it's mm-hmm. not great, but I can use it to a decent effect where I don't get pounded. Well, I think the two vargolfs in conjunction with your hordes of zombies in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. the, your, your anvil. I think that that could work for you. I'm excited to see how that well, does for I was, you. I liked. I will. I will say I liked the black coach as well because we actually we had that game. And yeah. we never talked about it last episode, but my list had the one Vargolf and the black coach. Actually, I played against Stephanie, mm-hmm. and she landed a rock lava on both of them, direct <laughs> hits, and I failed the ward save and uh, the regen and just take them off. Yeah. Didn't get to use them. I've used them with you, and they actually were kind of going up and mm-hmm. not too bad. They were getting in there and yep. doing stuff, but yep. not getting far enough. I would. I love the black coach. I would probably keep the black coach in. I just mm-hmm. still haven't finished. It's the metal one, and I'm kind of converting it. And it's that's a, that's a tough one because it's a counter punching unit. 
that hits pretty that hits pretty hard on the charge. And it's but tough it's, to kill, but yeah. once you charge, three up, three up armor save, four up ward. But it's a chariot. But then after you it, after you do your impact hits, it doesn't have a lot of di- damage output. Uh, f- three attacks from the driver, and right? Two attacks from the the ho- total from the horses. So five attacks total. Yeah, yeah, it's not a lot. It's something that's got to go up as a su- as a, as a you know as a to supplement like the grave guard or something like that. Right. You know. Yeah. It just it becomes difficult, and mm. I I still haven't. I haven't gotten to using these little specialty items well. Like I said, if I had it converted and built up, I'd probably take it just on principle. Sure. Because when it does work, damn, it works. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the potential from a model standpoint is yeah really high. Uh, and if I can ever get it, if I, if I can ever get it done to look the way I want it to look, mm-hmm. I think it'll be pretty sharp. Mm. Um, you know what? I'm going to say this because we got to actually get to the game soon. Yeah. I bought. The black coach, and I look at the model, and if you look at the pictures of the black coach, all the pictures of the black coach have the coach itself is on a chariot base, mm-hmm. and the horses are on calf bases. So it's a chariot base plus two calf bases. So it's like a 50 by 150, not right. a 50 by 100. But when you look up, I remember when GW had the little quick list of what yeah. the base sizes were, black coach was listed as 50 by 100. And everybody who plays it, like puts it at a weird angle and stuff right. to fit that thing that does not fit on a calf base right. to sort of make it fit on the calf base. Well, that's the. Uh, does it come with two calf bases as well? Yes, it does. And nobody uses them. They put it on the chariot base, and it's a chariot, so it goes on a chariot base. Is it unit class chariot? Yeah. Hmm. I don't get it. Like, I don't get why GW didn't either make a special base for it, or at least when they had those lists of the different base sizes for everything, why did they list it as 50 by 100? Because that's not what they gave me. That's not what they sold me. And that's not what the pictures... None of the pictures are just the chariot base. At least none that I remember seeing. Yeah, well... We could ask all day why they did that. But, I just, I, but I just don't get if it. If it's chariot, that's what that's the size it, base it should right. be on. So that's why I'm trying to get this cool converting thing going, and I'm just having trouble with it. It's a pain in the ass. Hmm. It's just a pain. I just, I'm annoyed with it. But I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it. You know, your you see your pack of stuff is ready. Now you're just hobby playing, which is awesome. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not the path I would have preferred, but it is the path I'm going to take. Well, and after I finish up. Like I said, I do want to paint the Blood Knights and paint up. Oh, uh, today started building those six extra Vargeists. Vargeists. So I, w- I did go Vargeists, so I will have 15 of them. You know, in the games that we have played where you've used those Vargeists, those things are just nasty. Yeah. It's such a pain. Uh, the, the problem is sometimes I use them and they're a big pain and they're mm-hmm. nasty, and then sometimes they get taken off the board in a turn. It's it's one of those things where I just I can in never. In a turn? To what? Uh, I've gone up uh, when I was playing Empire. They got they got in a Shot matchup. And they, yeah, they got. Um, and then I had, well, heck, I was playing against um, oh, whose Empire was I playing at this at the Civil War? Um, Tyler Chris Hershey's? Walker. Oh, Chris's okay. And he just charged his stupid general with the is a Bretonian general with the I kill you multiple wound sword. Oh right. Just, just like oh heroic killing blow heroic sword. Killing flip, blow. flip 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 flip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There goes four of them. Oh, you crumble. Bye-bye. Oh. Bar- I was like, oh, I'm oh. Like crying. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, I don't know. I just, 
I get a certain play style, and yeah. it's like all the crap stuff I know how to play, and all right. the stuff that's supposed to be good, I just totally well, flub I, with. I think it's, a, it's those hammers, the yeah. precision strike units that the VC have. I think those, you're having trouble fitting those into your play style. Um, yeah, I'm having trouble figuring out how to play. I guess I've been playing well, stupid no, army for two years, and I still can't get it. I can't get it's it. Your, it's your, I think it's getting those units to fit into your play style is is the hard part. Yeah. So. Anyway, so that's all of my building: uh, the Vargolf and the and the Cryptor or the the Vargeists. So okay, you think you'll Varg be ready? Stuff. You you'll be ready for Paca. <laughs> well, I'm. December thirty first. I'm going to see what's painted and <laughs> submit your list. Submit my list. <laughs> That's one approach. I'm terrible when it comes to this stuff. I just really, I'm not, you know, and it's the thing, I'm not. No, we're, we're all, everyone out there that's listening to this, that's going to Paca is, is in the same boat. I've I've done enough tournaments where I painted, I mean, I've gone to tournaments where I've painted 40-some models for the tournament the night before. Oh, jeez. I finished at 3, 4 in the morning, you know, three-color wow. minimum. And I go back, I remember finishing going, these look pretty good for an hour. And now I go pick them up now going, oh, my God. I have, <laughs> oh, seriously, I, half my dwarfs have to be stripped. I look at them now going, what was I thinking? Was this core comp? It was core comp, and then I kept them for, a, for Adepticon. I was like, oh, yeah, these still look pretty good. No, they don't. No, they don't. Hmm. I'm going to have to strip all my dwarfs and start over again. But uh, well, you've come a long way. So. Thank you. Just like Virginia Slims, um, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not. You know what it is? It's it's weird. It's I'm not going to be rushed for tournaments anymore. Like, I'm I'm going to take what I have and what I've done so far and what I've got, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to sit up the night before. Oh, I really want to take. I got to paint up this. Right. I'm not. Yeah. I. I and if I that means that I got suboptimal stuff at the tournament, or I don't get a perfect painting score. Dude, I'm going to have a good time. I, I'm not going to kill myself mm -hmm. to do this. And so, right now, I just want to get my 2,000 points painted for my hobby commitment for right. the thing, and be done with it. Actually, in the four or five years I've been doing this now, this is the least amount of models I've painted on any given year. There's nothing wrong with that. This is yeah. I don't. I, it's, it's just it's not about the volume necessarily, right? I mean, you've you've put in your time with the 10,000 zombies. Already, oh, so. dude! Last year, I, I painted almost six thousand points worth of stuff. Last year, this year, I've barely painted fifteen hundred, hmm. and that's just because wow. I haven't been painting. I just I haven't, you know. So it's weird. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm totally dominating the conversation again. No, and no, not at all. And I'm picking your brain. You know, seeing your I'm just your list and yeah. I'm just. I don't know. It's. I guess I'm not worried. I don't. You know, I'm. Wapaka. I mean, the person who wins Wapaka is not going to be necessarily. The best Warhammer player there because right. this is a total hobby event. Experience. You know. And, you know what I am looking forward to though is what? our NW two versus Skull Bros. Or I guess it'd be Garage Hammer versus Skull Bros. Challenge. Yeah, you, me, and Grant, and who else is it? Uh, uh, Greg and Stephanie are coming. Oh, that would uh, be NW two then. It would be NW two. Yeah. Yeah, playing the Skull Bros. Yeah, I, I'll go get beat up by anybody. I I'll get beat up too. So, I, I just like hey, I played Rotor and Braska both, and you know what? They're a lot of fun to play with. There's I two guys I played I have a good time. either of them. So, how, how would you characterize their style of play? Uh, Rotor's pretty laid back. I mean, yeah. he knows what he's doing, and he's playing his game, and he's playing a serious game. But he's also he's just he's just kind of having fun. Chill. When things are going good for him, and when things are going bad for him, it's this seems to be the same Rotor. Okay, you know, at least when he's playing, he doesn't get really. 
you know, he doesn't get upset and start throwing dice. But when he's doing right. well, he's not jumping up and down and shouting either. Right. He's kind playing of a, his game. A level, level guy. Now, Brosco was a completely different story. Brosco's like, I got you, man, and I got your, and I'm going to flip your <laughs> oh, flip. Really? flip. Yeah. He's, <laughs> and there was a place right up in your face. I'm going to flink your flank and flip, flip, wow. flip. And he, but he's. That's that's him. He's talking right. space. And I got into it with him. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> that's what we did. We both had that VC army. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to F your world. And I'm like, bring it. And I just <laughs> and we just started. Seriously, I our general. Totally see that. He I lost hear his, it in my head. He lost his general top of turn two. I lost mine bottom of turn two. We just drove Oof, at each other geez. and started punching each other in the face. Just zombies just wailing on each other. <laughs> oh, no. It was a giant black knight bus versus a horde of grave guard. And it was just, just punching each other in the face back and forth. Total nice. fun time, but just talking filth and just kind of being friendly, nasty to each right. other. Right. Um, it's it's weird because he is kind of laid back. He, mm-hmm. you, when he talks to you, he never really shouts, but it's just there's there's it was this sort of fun sort of pseudo aggressiveness to when we were playing each other. It's funny with with Brosky. I can I envision like moments of like intensity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not like shouting, not no. getting loud, but just intense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it was. It's a lot of fun to play them. I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, we, there, there, surprisingly, there hasn't been a lot of smack talk about that about that event. Just well, yet. that that's still oh that, oh, that is going to be coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. Oh, for crying out loud! Oh well, I don't even care because while you guys are playing in the championships at Adepticon, me and Rotor are going to go to a couple painting classes, and then when we get out, we're going to go punch each other in the face a little while for on, <laughs> on some pickup games. So nice. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just looking forward to hanging out with those guys. Yeah, it should be fun. All right, so any other? Do you got any other? Uh, no. the The only other thing is, I I I've been watching that movie Cloud Atlas. Is that any good? I, I heard I don't the know. book is great, and I heard oh, the movie. Ba- it's based on a book. I oh have yeah, no idea. Yeah, um, the girls over at UGG, uh, they started like pseudo a pseudo book book club, oh, and yeah. that was the first book that they covered, oh. and it's supposed to be really good. I've heard lots of great things about it. The movie is visually, it's cool. The story-wise, there's a lot going on, and I think everything is going to come together at the end. I haven't finished it yet, um, so it, it, you know, it's interesting. The the one nitpick I have with that is like the whole uh, neo soul uh-huh. uh, scene that they have. It's in the future in Seoul, Korea. None of the actors in that scene are Korean. That's I'm just saying. Well, I mean, the really, main actress is Chinese. You want to pay money to the go see a movie full of Koreans? White. Hey, I mean, if you're going to watch a movie about, like, you know, the British fighting Zulus, the Zulus are going to be black guys. Uh, yeah, the, is that too much I, to ask? I hope so. Is that too much to ask? I'm that's just true. saying. Well, same thing here. You go to the you go to the Thanksgiving parade, you want to see some Indians. There ain't no Indians on those boats. It's like Chris Rock said. He goes, there's one Indian and a bunch of Puerto Ricans. That's <laughs> <laughs> Chris Rock. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I get that. Um, so other than that, if nothing. I've been watching Eureka still. Which, gosh, I wish I would have come into that. Sh- I mean, I'm, I mean, the show apparently is over now, so yeah. I'm just going to watch it all on Netflix. But sure. man, that's really well written. That's a fun show, is it? I, I, yeah. I watched a couple episodes, and yeah, it was pretty funny from what I remember. And uh, a lot of people have been tweeting me saying they picked up Welcome to Night Vale on I've my seen recommendations. Those tweets, yeah. That show's great. I, I I would pick it up, but I don't want to creep myself out. It's not. It's not really like the first couple episodes. You you're you're, you're not certain if it's supposed to be creepy or funny, and yeah. it's a little of both. It's actually more funny than creepy mm. because it just it makes no sense. Like nobody would live in this weird right. place, you know. So it's really, I really enjoy it. The kids look forward. My kids listen to it, and they're not creeped out. And the, I mean, seven, eleven, and thirteen almost. Okay. 
and it doesn't bother them. You know, they just they find it funny because it's so weird. Interesting. Um, I will say this: I started watching a movie, and I didn't finish it either. What movie is that? Looper. Oh, excellent movie! I got only halfway through it. It's like there, uh, without any spoilers. It's the part where Br- they're in the cafe, and Bruce Willis makes a run through the cornfield, mm-hmm. and uh, young the young version of himself is shooting himself, right. and then runs and gets on that weird that weird motorcycle yeah, with yeah. the jet engine. That's as far as I got. Okay. Everyone keeps telling me it's great, and I'm like, eh, you know, I'll watch it. And I didn't realize, I mean, it's, it's very sci It's far more sci-fi than it looked like in the preview. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Well, the, it's time travel. And- but even the time travel thing is sort of this weird sort of like, it's almost like a side thing for the main plot, it right. seems like, in the preview. Right. I'm really liking this movie. It's really good. It's very dark. And it's, but I mean, the way it's written, just the weird, like the, the, the future's kind of dark and weird. Mm-hmm. But they've obviously, you know, got these technologies, and even the things they're doing, it's like they sort of just get this explanation. But what's his name? The guy who plays uh, the young, young Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't think of his name now. He was uh, the guy was uh, the Robin, Robin in, in Batman. In Batman, <sighs> he was on Third Rock. Uh, jo- Joshua Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's it. At first, I see him in the makeup, and I know it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. I see him, I'm like, man, you look a little weird. But then you watch the weird smirk when he smiles. He, all the, and the way he talks, man, he studied Bruce Willis because yeah. he really, he, you know, I think he's underrated as an actor. Oh, he's a great actor. Yeah, he is a great actor. But watching him do this Bruce Willis impression and the talk with the sort of a, you know, he's when he's, mm. I mean, he he's, he's got to get that scowl slash smirk that Bruce yeah. Willis has. Yeah. He's got his voice and his cadence down. Yeah. He's got he his facial expressions down. I'm like, I mean, Bruce Willis shows up, and I'm like, man, you know, you're putting them looking at each other, I'm like. Yeah, I can actually buy that that's a young mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. Because even at first you look at his face and you're like, you don't really look like Bruce Willis. Right. But then when they're sitting across the table from each other and you got the profile, I'm like, that's his That's his brow line. That's his nose. They really did get well, him. Well, I think, yeah, they did a little uh, prosthetic. They did the additions. prosthetic nose, yeah. 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 I'm like, wow, they made him look just like yeah, him. Yeah, they, they really nailed that. So, Looper's fantastic. It I mean, really I haven't good. seen the, ha- the end. I don't know if the ending holds up to the first half. Uh, it's... It's it's good. And, I, that's, that's all I can say is, is it's good. And uh, what's his name? Jeff Daniels mm-hmm. as the guy yeah, who yeah, yeah, yeah. he's great. You're, where are you going? I'm going to France. You should go to China. I'm going to France. Why don't you want to go to China? I'm going to France. I'm from the future. I'm telling you, you should go to China. That was just great. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the most bizarre. Con- it was just a cool movie. Yeah, so. Speaking of uh, time travel movies, this yes. came up in conversation with my family. Uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, my sister-in-law. We were talking about that. We we're like, oh yeah, it's a great science fiction movie. She's like, what? That's a science fiction movie. We we're like, what? What are you talking about? It's a time time travel, travel movie. The main character is a scientist, and this kid is his sidekick. So I don't know. It's a great family movie, and but it is a science fiction movie, and it's a right? definite adventure. Of course, it's science fiction. I don't know what she was thinking. Anyway, but, so. I mean, granted, you're in the old west, but you're also in the future. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean. And that, that DeLorean is central. Yeah, it's an the, adventure film, but yeah, it's an adventure film based on time travel. Science fiction. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So now we've we've won the argument for against your sister. <laughs> right. And now when she listens to this, she'll... Which, which she won't, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? Before we take a quick commercial break, which we have to... Def- we desperately need a commercial mm-hmm. break. Um, when we come back... It's yours and Alex's game. Yep. Now, um, we do explain it 
like you sure. guys explain right. all the rules and everything. So we won't get into that other than 3,000 points high elves versus dark elves. Right. Um, I'm just going to throw this disclaimer out. Folks, I'm hoping you enjoy this. I mean, you. I mean, Chris, you were there. It was kind of hard to get. Mm-hmm. We did take a lot of pictures. Please go to the forums, uh, and I'm going to try to put them in the actual post for this thread. So if you're looking at it on your smartphone or on your tablet, the pictures should hopefully will be in that right in the post. Um, we took a few shots of the of the table uh, at the tops, mid and mm-hmm. bottom of every, or at the top in the middle of every turn. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when things were moved. Um, but I really like to know what you guys think about how we did it because I, I know in the beginning we really tried to I tried to narrate like all the moves and all right. that stuff like that. Uh, I didn't do it for the whole thing because I really like halfway through I'm like wow I I bet you I sound really annoying. <laughs> and well, as I'm editing, I'm like, it's well, I also you're doing a lot cool. of you're doing a lot of talking while Alex and I are, are pondering. We're not talking too much, right? And I you don't want to disrupt your, your game either. Too. Well, yeah, I, right. that, I could talk forever. Who you kidding? <laughs> True, but. Uh, you know, I, you guys were trying to concentrate, and I was talking a lot, and then I felt like maybe I should. So well, I don't know how this thing, is going to turn we're out. We're playing that game for the sake of the show, so right. it's not like anything you were doing for the show was interfering with our gameplay. Right, but, I mean, still. And, I, you know, it, there was microphones all over the place, right. and you had to move stuff out of the way. So, you could, so it was a little weird, I think. Uh, you and I have done it before. I think, I think it was a little strange for Alex. But, folks, please let us know what you think of... The of oh, the format is it easy of the to follow. Format. Is that entertaining? Yeah, because we we want to keep doing these. We've done them before, but we've done them on a smaller scale. You know, mm-hmm. where I think it was easier for people to see kind of what we were, what was going right. on. Whereas this one, I'm desperately trying to explain it, and I'm almost thinking more along the lines of don't even try to make sure everyone can picture in their head where everything is. Just call it like it's a sporting event or a baseball game. And that just, might be the way to go. That makes it more interesting. I yeah, think. here's the pictures. If you don't want to look at the pictures, just hear it. Because I think in the beginning, as I was editing it, just hearing the certain calls of who was moving where yeah. and what they were, it sounded cool to me. I mean, Well, let's put it out there and see what so, people think. Oh, yeah. We'll be back. Um, when we come back, folks, it'll be uh, th- three days ago or four days ago. And... Uh, Alex will be with us for the game up until the end of the show. So um, thanks for listening and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mierce Miniatures at MierceMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com, and seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. We are 
back, and we are now joined with the one and only Alex Nikotenko. Alex, thanks for coming over today. My pleasure. Hey, everyone. So, oh, man, I'm looking at this, and I am super excited. Okay, I know we've probably explained it already once, and I know we explained it last episode, but you two take it away. What do you guys got planned here for us today? Well, we have a little uh, sundering action. 3,000 points of pure high elves on dark elves. And by pure, we mean 99% of everything is from the uh, high elves and dark elves book. Now, that means magic items, lores, etc. for the most part. Now, we did, Alex and I discussed this previously, we did have the option both to take either a, uh, a dragon mage for the high elves or the warlocks for the dark elves. Because their magic lores aren't in the book. Right, Correct. they're specified for the unit. Right. Now, but you, I noticed that you didn't include in there the uh, Lord Master of Hoeth. We, we so. didn't, because uh, that sort of opens up all these questions, because then Dark Elves then also have a, you know, access to the other lores, you know, via special characters or whatnot. So Correct. we figured, let's minimize the BRB lores by just limiting it to Dragon Mages and uh, Warlocks. Right, a Dragon Mage just gets a couple of spells. Warlocks don't even get to choose their spells. They have spe- the spells that are specified. Now, it turns out that I ended up not even bringing the Warlocks. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, basically, other than the Fire Mage on Chris's side, everything is right out of the army books. So, in other words, it would have been pure, except for my choices. Except That's you, fine. Except you took a, you took a Dragon Mage. Yeah, huh? yeah, the Broken Phil. You can't, you can't stay away from them dragons. It's kind of beautiful. Well, that's why I chose it's, the army. Yeah. So, okay, so that is the plan. Now, next what we're going to do here is, um, Chris, you're going to leave and go into the soundproof yes, booth. You're going to gather intelligence from uh, <laughs> General Nikotenko here. <laughs> and then and then he'll go into the soundproof booth. Yes. And you'll uh, be. So go on ahead. All right, Alex, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, so what is, uh, what's on, what's in your list? My list, again, straight out of the book, I uh, uh, I thought about two things. One, there are certain units and, and, and uh, you know, types of play that I really enjoy, so I figured I'd bring some of those. And then also I thought about what would Chris not expect to see. And, <laughs> and you know, he and I have played a lot against each other, so he oh, has yeah. a pretty good idea of what I like to use. Right. So as a result of that, I figured uh, throw in a little wrinkle that he would absolutely not expect. He, he probably still doesn't expect it, even though uh, he, he probably thinks he knows what I have, but he doesn't. Okay, so what's the wrinkle? Uh, the, wrinkle is, the wrinkle is is that I actually brought Malekith. Uh, he's mounted on a cold one. Oh, you brought Malekith. I oh, did. Okay. I did. I, uh, um, <laughs> he, he, he's too expensive for even 3,000 points uh, to bring on a dragon. So, unfortunately, I couldn't do that. He's like 900, isn't he? He's like 800-something. Okay. Yeah. But but uh, on a cold one, he comes in at uh, right at 535 points, which is, uh, you know, well within the 600, uh, you know, whatever it is, 750-point limit. So the Witch King himself is taking the field tonight. He is. He's, he's <laughs> going to be he's gonna be in a in a uh, big bus of cold one nights. Nice. So what else you got in the list? What else have we what else we got going on? Uh, I have a uh, uh, a master, uh, just a regular hero BSB. Uh, on a cold one, he's uh, you know he's heavily uh, armored, which they all more or less come with. But uh, he doesn't have any any other magic stuff, which is you know because there's really not that many great magic items in this book. It's another <laughs> it's another reason why I took Malekith because he comes well equipped. Um, I also have a separate hero on a dark Pegasus. He actually is uh, wearing the cloak of twilight, okay. which is an item that I do like for a character like that. It gives him a three plus ward save against uh, shooting or spells, and also 
on the on the first turn of combat, he has killing blow and multiple wounds. D three special rules, which is uh, uh, a very very nice. Uh, I, I uh, see somebody there. going after a dragon mage. Dragon mages. <laughs> He's also got, I'm sure, a phoenix or two. So yes, yep. I'm, I'm ready for that. Uh, and then also, I have a death hag on the cauldron. Now, I did give her the chill blade just because it's a cool uh, it's a cool uh, magic weapon that I think would be very useful against some of his high toughness monsters because it wounds automatically. Okay. Yeah. Then I have a big block of 35 witch elves for her to park in. I have uh, two units of crossbowmen, uh, one with 10 crossbowmen in it, one with 20. I have one unit of dark riders, uh, two units of five shades, uh, five harpies, uh, the big block of uh, cold one nights. There's 14 of them, uh, and two bolt throwers. That's, that's the army. All right. Nice. So your plan is you've got some of your little chaff. You're going to shoot them up what you can and then uh, head up the middle with your cold one bus? Correct. I, I'm thinking that uh, Chris typically likes to run his heavy hitters on the flanks. So what I plan on doing, and again, we'll see how the deployment phase rocks, but uh, what I'm planning on doing is doing a little bit of a refused flank where I overload one side of the table uh, and I try to take out, you know, half of his army that way while I delay the other half of his army with the Dark Riders and the um, uh, and the Harpies. That's that's the plan right now. We'll see how the deployment looks and if I can pull it off quite like that. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, great. Good luck. And um, I'm going to send you over to the uh, soundproof booth, and you can send out Chris, and we'll find out what he's going to do. Sounds good. Excellent. All right, so now that Alex is out and you're back... All right, why don't we go over what you've got, Mr. You? Sure. Uh, you know, I'm running the Dragon Prince list that I typically run. So you got the, the block of nine, four knights. wides. Yep, four wide with the uh, Banner of the World Dragon. All my characters will go in there. Uh, most of them, I should say. It's the Fighty Prince. Now, this one I took, I forget the name of the exact item, but it's the, the High Elf Sword that's plus three attacks, ignore armor saves on a six. Okay. So I figure I'm fighting toughness three elves. We'll see how that plays out. Okay. Level four mage on uh, light, uh, BSB. Level four mage on light? On, on uh, high, sorry. I was going to say, what? <laughs> Are you cheating? Yeah, already? right. And high magic, so yep. you got level four and high magic. Yep. Um, the BSB, the dragon mage, level one, uh, the ambushing noble with a unit of 24 spears. Okay. Two times 10 archers, two eagles, two times five reavers, four bolt throwers. And I believe that's everything. Oh, one Frostheart. Uh, sorry. One Flamespire Phoenix. Oh, that's a Flamespire Phoenix. Flamespire Phoenix. Oh, yeah, so, we'll so we're going to have to inform that's been proxied. Yes. Because yours is painted all frosty. It is all frosty, yeah. All right. So, so we'll talk about that during deployment. A, bit, a little bit of a difference. You guys are both bringing different things. So that's pretty Yeah. Good. You, so what's your, uh, what's your strategy? My what strategy, you, well, you know, to try to out-deploy them, you know, drop down the chaff first and try to deploy my knights, I think across from, you know, I thought about it, is he going to bring, um, I thought he would bring both the witches, big block of witches, and a big block of executioners. Okay. So I'd probably deploy the dragon princess across from the witches, Okay. soften them up with a lot of shooting, a lot of magic missiles, etc. Because, yeah, they have a lot of attacks, a lot of poison, but they're only strength three, so I figure the armor will really help me in that fight. All right. You know, I don't know if he's brought any executioners, uh, that's the matchup that I'm going to try to avoid. Okay. So, but we'll see. You avoid the elves, you. Well, you got to pick your spots. So and it, so, but is it the uh, crutch? Of, I mean, banner of the world dragon uh, <laughs> in there too. Uh, oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. on the, the dragon princes. Yeah, yeah, they need the, that crutch. The crutch of the world dragon. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Uh, you know, I don't know how much it's going to help me here because a lot of the attacks that he does have are non-magical. Could be non-magical. 
Yeah, in the or form could of, be. I mean, yeah, I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah, in the form of uh, Charybdis or the Executioners or... Even the Witch Elves, they're not magical, are they? They're not magical. Those no. I'm not as worried about, again, because they're strength three. Right, but, but eventually... Uh, if he does, you know, 50... Right, yeah, eventually they're going to get through. Yeah. yeah. So the high armor and the ward saves granted by the lore of high magic, the, the attribute, oh, will okay. factor in pretty big here. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're hoping for that. All right. Well, um, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to... Head out, and we when we come back, deployment uh, will be done, and um, we'll get a few pictures to put up on the uh, yep. at least on the forum page. Sure, um, but yeah, we'll get the deployment done, and then we'll list left to right for each of you guys what's uh, what's coming up. So we'll be right back. Sounds good. Okay, folks, the deployment is. Done, and I'm standing on Chris's side of the table, looking over at Alex. And from left to right, there's the unit of Cold One Knights with Malekith and the other characters. Behind a building is his Peg Rider. Then you got a unit of twenty, uh, twenty crossbowmen. The unit next to that is the Witch Elves with the Cauldron. The smaller unit of crossbowmen are on the other side of that. Behind them, the two bolt throwers, and then off to the far end, you've got the Dark the harpies, and then at the very end of the board are the dark riders. Now on Chris's side, you've got three repeater bolt throwers set up basically in front of Malekith and the and the uh, crossbowman. He's got his uh, reaver knights set up five set up at a sideways angle so they can kind of fit in. He's got a unit of ten archers in a fungus forest, so they're stupid archers at the moment. He's got his other bolt thrower next to that, another unit of five Reaver Knights, and then a whole huddle of mess over here. Behind the Reaver Knights is the Flamespire Phoenix. He's got the two eagles to the side of them. Behind the eagles is his Dragon Mage, and then he's got his his uh, um, Dragon Prince bus, and then way at the end behind the building, the last unit of ten Archers. Now that's probably hard to follow, but there is definitely pictures all over the uh, the show thread for this one. After all that's put out, Chris does still have a unit of ambushers with the character with the ambush stone or whatever it's called, and then uh, Alex has two units of five shades behind the idol of Gork or is it Mork, and on the other side of a hill, ready to come across and cause some damage. Now they're rolling up their spells. And uh, we'll have those in just a minute, and then we'll roll for see who goes first. All right, Alex, which uh, which spells you got for Malekith? Okay, I have the two signature spells, Power of Darkness and Doombolt, as well as Word of Pain and Soul Stealer. Excellent. And uh, Chris, what do you what do you uh, what do you got from the High Magic? I've got Apotheosis. Walk Between Worlds, Drain Magic, Fiery Convocation, and, of course, Fireball on the Dragon Mage. Okay, we'll be back after everybody vanguards. Alex gets the first vanguard. And the Dark Riders are now at almost midfield, turning away from the edge of the board towards the center of the melee. The Reaver Knights on the right are riding out to center field to meet the Dark Riders. The other unit of Reaver Knights are heading off to the other flank, Looks like they're heading towards the shades. And now we are ready to roll to see who goes first. Let's see. Hold on. 
All right, so everyone's deployed, and before we roll to see who goes first, how do you guys feel about the board? Uh, I'm, I'm undecided. You know, he's feeling Malekith, which was a bit of a surprise, but he's way over on Alex's far right flank. So if I can help it, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to want to engage that unit with anything substantial. But the way that I've deployed, I've got pretty much everything, all my points are on the right, on my right flank, opposite of Malekith. And then everything else that is opposite of Malekith is, you know, rope, uh, RBTs, uh, so all your stuff and points are not opposite of Malekith. They're on Correct. the other end of the board. They're so on the I, opposite uh, corner. Right. So I think that as the game progresses, I think it's going to turn into a big, uh, kind of a yin yang <laughs> where he pushes hard right and I push hard right. And so we kind of circle each other. So what do you think, Alex? I think that, uh, we have very similar deployments. They're, you know, slightly modified refuse flanks. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how things, as you say, wheel around mm. as far as, you know, who gets to be more aggressive and trying to, you know, make combat happen and who's going to try to kind of stay out of the combat and just dance around. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, um, how it develops in the early turns as far as who decides to move in which direction. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Very interesting so far. Do you feel any of us have made uh, glaring mistakes in terms of deployment? It's hard to say right now. I, okay. I don't uh, I don't see anything glaring, but uh, I think uh, we'll be able to tell pretty quick. Darn it, I was hoping you'd give something away. Uh, I mean, I see that hot mess of all those things that you've got all lumped up on each other like they're in a huddle, but they're all flyers, so none of that right. matters. Right. And I'm trying not to give any comments because it's not my game. I don't want to be like, yeah, oh, no, well, I think you, you can give comments. Uh, I don't want to blow anything for anybody either, but. So, yeah, I'm going to be running commentary the whole game. That's my job. So, here we go, folks. Uh, looking good. And uh, let's roll and see who goes first. Alex is going first. There's the handshake, and the boys are off top of turn one. Let's see what Alex has to do here. All right. So, first things first for me, I got to check stability for uh, Malika's unit. They passed their stupid check on a three, and there we go. Yeah. Alex declares no charges in the beginning. He actually only had one charge possible, I think, with the Harpies into the front of those uh, Reaver Knights, but uh, he chose not to. The Harpies restrained. The Peg Knight jumps out from behind the building and flies out onto the hill that's situated about halfway across the board on the flank, and the uh, and the shades that were behind the hill have jumped across, and they're heading for the bolt throwers. And Malekith is off and running with his cold one nights, not one to sit in the back and wait. Both units of crossbowmen start moving a bit forward on the battlefield. The witch elves, never being a <laughs> never being a unit for restraint, are pushing forward with their cauldron of blood, calling forth Cain. The shades have come around the idol of Mork and Gork, and the harpies are right behind them, flying in behind them. The uh, dark riders on the far end of the board have backed up a little bit, trying to lure those. High elves into some sort of a trap, I'm certain. Roll in the box. All right, Alex has nine dice, and uh, Chris has six. Any channels? No, so it's nine to seven. Uh, I'm going to cast the boosted version of Soul Stealer on top of the Archer unit. Uh, It's got a 36-inch range, which is well within. All right. Eleven. Twelve. So I come up too short, which is where Malekith's um, special uh, circlet comes into play. If he falls short on one casting, he gets to throw in a free die once per turn. That's both for cast and dispel. So here's the additional die. Nice. That's a nice bonus. And he throws a six, so that 12 becomes an 18. 
you could really play a game with that. I didn't even think about you could you could play the numbers and throw, and just hope you come up if you if you, if you come up just just barely short, you can almost bank on that. Nice, only once a turn. But hey, in the beginning when you're trying to save dice, that's not a bad. Or if you come up, you've got to throw it. You got that one. If you're coming up a little bit short of dice on that last spell. Oh, so he meets his 19 with an exact 19. All right. So Alex is throwing a boosted word of pain on the Reavers now. That one goes off on a 19. And Chris lets it go. So they are hexed to the tune of two. So minus two ballistic skill, initiative, strength. So that puts their weapon skill, initiative skill down to three. Am I correct? Weapon yes. skill and ballistic skill. Yep. Strength one. Strength one. He does not want me to shoot with those guys. <laughs> no. Okay, and uh, that's it for the magic phase. Uh, uh, shooting. That's All right, the Reavers that just got cursed are getting 20, uh, cr- 40 crossbow 40 shots. shots. You got five Reavers ain't going to. Ain't gonna, ain't gonna see tomorrow. It looking like here. Well, if one can survive and maybe pass his panic check, that'd be a minor victory. Yep. So he's got forty dice. He needs sixes. So in the first half, the, the first rank hit with five. Hit with five. Let's see what the second rank hit. Strength with. three armor piercing. All right, six hits. Second rank must have been blinded by the sun. They got only one hit out of the twenty shots. Fours to wound. Wounds with three. Gets to re-roll because he's by the cauldron. Five wounds at minus one. What's your armor saves? So he needs a sixes. Oh, Chris saves three. He's down to three. He's got to take a panic check. And they're good. They do not panic. Okay. The other unit shoots, and they get three hits. Needing sixes to save. None. And the unit so is be deleted. a panic check there for the archers. That's it. So rerollable eights for the archers. Good on the. They see they love it on the snake eyes. <laughs> they must not have been friends with those guys. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's the stupidity. Maybe they just didn't even notice. Duh! What happened over there? All right, the dark riders are now going to take some shots at the uh... dark riders. Two hits, no wounds. So, so they're just going to shoot. So that's ten shots incoming. Five. Five hits from the shades against the bolt thrower. Oh, two nice wounds, shot. and it takes it off. And I, I spaced them out so they're all more than six inches, so nice. no panic check necessary. Okay. The remaining shades are shooting at the eagle, needing fours. Oof. Five so wound. Six yeah. hits. How many? I think that's four wounds. It's got three, three wounds. Nothing. Ooh, no wounds. <laughs> They're going through the feathers. The ends of the tips of the feathers are getting ruffled here. Both, okay, so both RBTs are shooting at the flame spire. Or at least one. Let's start with one. Uh, we'll, um, we'll do the dragon mage instead. Go for the dragon so, mage. Yeah, so we'll start with the first one. Yep. The four long range. Okay. Hits. Okay, now you randomize. Randomize, 5-6 on the mage. It hits Oof. the mage. Okay. Oh. okay. So, strength 6. Wounds. Wounds him. I get a 6-up uh, ward from the dragon armor. Uh, okay. Nope. Okay. 
Okay. Roll wounds. And D3 wounds. Yep. Two wounds. So he's Two up. wounds. Oh, and the mage comes off. Ouch. So I take a monster reaction test. So Chris fails. The mon- the monster fails. No, no, but he gets to re-roll because of the BSB. Oh, oh okay. He gets to re-roll because of the BSB. Seven. Got it. That dragon also is toughness five, right? It is. Yeah. And he's got no ward save, so we better go with that one. So the second thing at the same dragon. Okay. Four to hit. Hits. Man, his RBTs are on fire. Rank six, top five. Wounds. Oh, hits and wounds the dragon. Man, three wounds. Three wounds. Dang! How many wounds does that thing have? It's got two left. Ouch. Kills the mage and does 60% of the wounds. Well, yeah, this is just my turn. Keep in mind that Chris gets to go here. <laughs> well, I mean, I know he gets to go, but I mean, you know. So, I mean, it was a good turn. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, there's no more shooting, no magic, and there's no combat. All so, right. Uh, quick, quick pause. I'm going to take pictures. All right, we're at the bottom of turn one. Now Chris gets to answer for all of that treacherous dark elf. The massive shooting where their crossbow bolts were blocking out the sun. Vile betrayers of Anarian's legacy. <laughs> so Chris's flame spire phoenix charges the shades who flee. And the Harpies are good with their panic check. Wow. Double 12s. He does not get the redirect into the Harpies. So he has to go, which is going to be a failed charge because he can't. You've got to stop an inch away from the Harpies. Oh, no, actually, no. He just, just goes over the bolt thrower, yeah. Yeah, That's a great role for anything uh, except what he was trying to use it for. Exactly. All right. Well, Chris is obviously uh, moving all of his fast units right around the corner here and threatening the heck out of my entire flank. Oh, man. Yeah, there they go. The So he's he's being aggressive. I think he felt the sting of the shooting, and uh, he's trying to uh, get himself into position to uh, quickly get on top of uh, what's going on here. Those high elves are quickly turning into angry elves. <laughs> they are. He's pissed. You can one, tell. One bolt thrower has disappeared. The mage has disappeared. The dragon is hurt. Everything's coming. And then some. Gee whiz. I'm expecting him to reach into the box in a minute and start pulling other shit out. <laughs> well, he might because he's got that. Uh... Oh, that doesn't come out till turn two, right, Chris? Starting turn two. So that won't come out until. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm waiting for the ambush. That's 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 oh, coming. I man. know that. When we played last time, that ambush didn't come out till like turn five. He was so irritated. On a two plus, he's rolling. It didn't even come out on turn six. You had to use your re-roll. And, it, and that's how it came out. Well, I think that um, they changed the ambush, right? It's always three plus. Yeah. So, see, before you started with four plus, but it would go down every turn. Right. So after a while, you'd basically just yeah. be able to get in. Well, now it's always three plus. You could roll a one or a two every turn. It yep. happen. Wow, they're just coming up that whole flank. Yes, they are. So, if you want to picture this, folks, his uh, his reavers have just gone right up, and they're into they're into uh, the deployment zone on the. Uh, on Chris's far right, facing the left, they got an eagle, two eagles just to the side of them, the dragon behind the eagles, and the entire night bus coming up behind those guys. Outside of both throws, Chris's deployment zone is almost empty. He just dumped all that stuff out. The archers are still sitting around, but that's it. 
Movement phase is over. Moving into magic. Let's see what you got. So Chris has got eight. Alex gets six. And it's possible channel. Nope. So it's eight to six. So a fiery convocation needs a 19. What'd you get? An 18. 18. But I will. Mysteriously, one of those dice will begin to change and to morph into something else. The Book of Hoeth. Oh. So 17 plus 5, 22. So 22. For those of you who don't actually pay attention to high magic, fiery convocation, every model is going to take a strength 4 hit at the end of every magic phase. So, Okay, so that's a 22. Alex has to beat a 22. 25. So 21 plus 5 is 26. 26. So there you go. He stopped it. So you're going to heal the dragon with apotheosis. For D3 wounds back on the dragon? Two. Trying to delay the, the death of that dragon for as long as possible. Okay, that's magic. So for your magic phase, you got one spell off. You managed to put two wounds back on the dragon, and that's it. The Reaver Knights are shooting at the crossbows. Three hits. And one wound, no save. Or not saved. The archers in the house are now shooting at the Dark Riders. How many hits you get? Four hits. Two wounds. So only one wound on the Dark Riders. All right, the archers are shooting at the harpies. Need fives. Three hits. One wound. Okay, Chris's bolt thrower in the center of the board is shooting at Alex's bolt thrower. Got three hits, one wound. Second one's doing the same thing. Four hits, one more wound. Alex's panic check is passed, and the other RBT stays put. The last bolt thrower is shooting at the shades and threatening it. Uh, five. Ah, uh, fours. Needing fours. Three hits. Three. Gets three wounds. Ooh, they failed their first panic check. Good on the second one. So is that the end of turn one? No. All right, before we get to photos, boys, how you feeling so far? The stuff is moving around the board. Nothing looks like it did a half an hour ago. Yeah, it's interesting. We, you know, we're both taking very aggressive uh, postures here early on. Uh, so it's hard to say. You know, the game is so early. It's too early to say it's, if it's going one way or the other. But Alex's shooting was just devastating. Yeah, I, I do have more of it yeah. uh, in terms of the crossbow shots, and obviously the rerolls to wound really mm -hmm. help. Um, that was a good round of shooting, I felt, for you. You got rid of one of the RBTs, yep. which I think was a big thing. The shades are fleeing. That really uh, uh, boxed, you know, botched up some plans I had mm -hmm. over there. Uh, actually, quite honestly, uh, now that it's happened and I'm sitting here and it's my turn, um, the fact that that um, Phoenix failed the charge the way he did, uh, is, is, uh, well, it can't really help you, uh, simply because I just realized he must be at least an inch away from, from the RBT. Which he is. Right. Yeah. Which means that my 20 millimeter harpies can fit in. Mm, yeah, true. So unfortunately, my base is smaller than the 25 millimeter one inch right. space. I, so, I did think about that. Which is I, why, I thought yeah. about it as well, and I realized that it must be an inch away, so it's not right. a... Uh, and the harpies are two attacks apiece? Uh, they do. Okay. They do, but they do not have always strikes first, which means you'll get your chops and right. so forth. But anyway, we're talking about something that yeah, didn't yeah. even happen yet. Right. Uh, 
the rest, <laughs> the rest, the, the rest of the uh, uh, of the turn looks very good, very aggressive move here, which is going to be interesting to uh, you're talking to watch about the high off flank. Correct. Uh, yes, I mean you're 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 all over my left flank, and um, you know really not giving me much in the way of. Um, um, you know, dealing with various things. I, I, uh, I'm very curious to see how this whole thing plays out. Going to be very interesting. So, uh, um, I, I don't know. I think it's uh, certainly, you know, completely up in the air so far. That's my opinion. One turn down. We'll see what's going on. We will be back, folks. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Back at the top of two, folks. Hold one unit passes. It's stupidity check, and we're off. Turn two. Okay, here we go. Charge declarations. So, charge number one. Uh, the hero on the dark peg is charging the... Far left RBT. The far left RBT. Charge number two. The remaining two shades are charging the other RBT on the hill. Then... We're towards the middle of the table. The Harpies are going to declare the charge on the RBT behind the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And that will be it for the charges. So because there are three RBTs, you know, we're, we're done right. with the charges. There there we'll be an RBT-less game here All in right. a little while. Moving. Peg needs a four. It's in. Shades need a three. They're in. Harpies can fly, right? So they need a two. Harpies are in. So all three charges are successful, and all three bolt throwers are engaged in combat. How do you feel about that, Chris? Ugh, I don't like it. The question is, can two crew with rerollable to hit at higher weapon skill fend off four harpies at two attacks apiece? They only have one attack each, right? My guys do. Your guys have only yeah. one attack apiece. Ugh, two I don't know. Two attacks rerolled against eight attacks, lower weapon skill? I don't, you know... It's only two. The most you could he's and they have two attacks apiece. At the at worst, they're going to get four attacks back on you. All right, he's declared his charges. He's rallying his troops. They're good. All right, the shades are swift reforming. Where are they going to go? That was the crossbows, actually. So I'm I'm curious to see. I mean the crossbows. Sorry. How Alex modifies his line here to deal with the. Yeah, you got everything on his here. flank. Yeah. Which elves are going to swift reform as well? They're good. 
foresee many crossbow shots into the Phoenix. <laughs> wow, you're like a prognosticator. So the you need a one, yeah. So it's fine. So the Dark Riders do a quick move through the through the mushroom forest and get in there and block the uh, a wildwood. So that's a wildwood. Nobody's in it, so it doesn't matter. Oof. It's a wildwood, and it lashes out at those Dark Riders. One wild rider dies from the wildwood. They panic from the That's actually pretty oh big. God. So they'd be three more dangerous terrain tests. So their, their bold move to block... Goes awry due to the wildwood. Yeah. But the wildwood causes the panic. They run... And they're not blocking that unit anymore. Winds of magic. Alex gets a nine for the winds of magic and gets his channel, so he's got ten. Chris misses his channel, so he's got five. Double down on you. Oof. That's that's a rough. I hate that. <laughs> Being on that end of the magic phase is always rough. Uh, the archers with the big word of pain. 19 plus a free die. 24, 24. word of pain. And how many dice do you have left? Five? Six dice left. <laughs> I'm going to try to stop that with all five dice. 24? So 26, so you stopped it. All right. <laughs> You're out of dice now, right, Chris? That's my wad. All right. All right, and uh, since I used my free die, I might as well throw all six. Yeah, target. Okay. Two, five, six. We'll throw six at the um, Soul Steel centered on the archers. Okay. Soul Stealer on the archers. Here we go. So it goes off on the 22. Okay. 22. So it's successfully cast. Okay, so since the spell goes off, the lower attribute kicks in, and that unit is going to take 2d6. So six strength one armor piercing hits. So it does an extra wound. So his spell doesn't do any damage to the archers, but the lore attribute manages to go in there and kill one. Elves taken down by a strength one hit. So both throwers shooting at the dragon again. Same song, different verse. <laughs> Short range now. Hits. Hits. Ooh. Six, tough five. More Wounds. And but he can't kill it. We're, no, no we can't kill it, but let's hope we do something to it. Right. So here we go. D3 wounds. One. One more wound. Well, luckily he healed it. Right. Oh, man. Trixie Hiles. Well, he rolls the five and then the five. I mean, those are... Yeah, his RBTs are on fire. But then when he rolls the wound, he gets the one. It's mm. like, whoosh. You're lucky on that one, man. Well, I thought you see it. He did three last time, so... Yeah. It's going to be a... It's the design okay. of the Dark Elf. And those are re-rollable, correct? Uh, to wound. To wound. But I have to hit still. Yeah. I, uh, I moved. I'm in short range now, but I am double tapping. So minus two, so I normally need three, so five. So here All we right, go. So the, the small unit of... Uh, small unit of crossbows is firing. Crossbows the shooting the dragon now. Eight hits. Strength three, tough five, so sixes. Oof, with the re-roll. Oh, that's right. Sixes with a re-roll to wound. No sixes. 
The dragon lives for now. Here comes the reroll. One wound, and that's armor piercing. Three up becomes a four up. Takes a wound. Building every goddamn model you buy, I got. I got to put in a better spear. I got to. Twenty shots of the Phoenix, um, <laughs> long range, double tap and move till sixes. sixes. Forty shots at the Phoenix, needing sixes. Here's the first twenty. All right, so eight hits with the crossbows. Such a nasty combo. Yeah, it's almost as bad as re-rolling the hit. This re-rolling the wound yeah. thing. And this is this is only thirty crossbowmen. I mean, I know it sounds like a lot, but it could be tons more. I'm very worried about this ruling on this model. I really hope they come back and do something with it. This is nutty. Oh, that's right, because this is the one where the people are debating if it's following the just rerolling ones. Or now it's, yeah, and just the four wounds. Four wounds at minus one. All right, no armor save. He's got a four. So he's got board the four save. board save, and I failed three of them, so he's down to. Two wounds. Vicious. End of the shooting phase. Getting into some combat. There is the only... There is, there is no reason whatsoever with their high ballistic skill not to give my characters crossbows. You know, because they can usually shoot pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't do any of that, so they don't have them. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll start with the dark pegasus. Yep. Uh, we're going simo, so go ahead and take your two chops at me. Four's the hit. Yep. Two hits. Hey, what's yep. with the box? Two, two hits. Uh, yep, tough four. Five's the wound. Two, oh, one wound. One wound. So, so one up armor. Dang. And in close combat, he does not have a ward save. So he, he fails his one armor. So Take that. So he takes a wound from the from the bolt thrower yeah. crew. He does. Wound the, the hero on a peg. Alex is coming back. You, you get the hatred, right? Two wounds. Uh, and he overruns. So he kills the one crossbow, overruns into the next crossbow. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and take your chops at whoever you Whoever like. I choose. I'm assuming it's the shades. Maybe he's got two wounds? He's got three wounds because the oh, three wounds. Three. Okay. Yeah, we'll go after the shades. Okay. Four, uh, three, fours. Nothing. Okay. So my guy goes. Oh no, reroll. I sure missed that ASF. Dish. My guy goes now. He already had his reroll this turn, right? Or he gets rerolls in the first turn of combat. Would this be considered the first turn of combat? Because he's still in the first turn. This it's is the a, first this round is the of first a new combat. Yeah. So he gets his rerolls. It's the first so round of a new it? combat. I don't think it matters, but I yeah. To, I don't. I really don't know. But anyway, here we go with him. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, because it's a different combat. It's a different combat. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's, it's a different, different combat. combat. So it's the first, first round, yeah. Okay, got it. So hatred. Two hits. Strike six on the charge. Two wounds. Dude. <laughs> wow. Now, throw I, don't, crew. I, I don't believe he can overrun again, right? No, he has he to. He can, he can only reform because okay. he overran the first time. Okay, so if you could go ahead then and just turn my shades to face the archers there, that would be great. So the archers and the... Hero reform after taking out the two bolt throwers. Yeah, uh, do I me a favor and turn the hero to kind of face the field a little bit, but he can still see the archers. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Okay, and then the only other combat I'm aware of is the hard piece. So you get to go first with the rerolls. Yep, three's to hit rerolled. Yep. 
both hits. Yep. And fours to wounds. Yep. Uh, give me one. Nah. Oh, no wounds. Ouch. I think uh, unless he really flubs his rolls, I think these guys are gone. Eight. So I need fours and fours. See, this is the story of every game I play against you, though. Goodbye to all your chaff, and then comes the bus. The thing is, he's got two pretty good combat units. Oh, only does one wound. Six up armor. No. So I charge in the wound. I'm up to Charge in the wound. You got you by two. Uh, six. Break checks are six. Oh, they love it. He oh. loves it. Sticking out a six. I believe it is. That's the end of the top of turn two. All right, bottom of two is starting. Chris is going to start his movement. All right, we'll charges. One eagle will charge the RBT. The Reavers will also charge the RBT. All right, so all your charges are in then? So the Flame Spire passes its March check, and he's off and moving. Oh, it's because he flew over him. Okay. Oof. So he flies over him with the fi- flame spire, well, and he this does. This was my eight. argument for Chris for the flaming phoenix in the first place, and you know, I mean, this is a big thing. Oh sure. So strength four. Five wounds at strength four. Shield, so five up minus one, so I need sixes. Five guys die. Panic check. Oof. I'm panicking from him, so I'm going. Oh, they literally one stopped inch. one inch yeah. away. If he'd have rolled anything higher than a four, he uh, they'd have gone through it. They could have charged. They could have done anything. Right. Yeah. So, so the frost, the flame spire caused a panic on the crossbows, which panicked right in front of the witch elves, which now severely limits what Alex can do with that unit. Yeah, that totally. Yeah. Chris marches his knights through the forest, takes three strength four hits from the wildwood. Three wounds. So one dragon prince dies. <laughs> you died to terrain. What's gonna? What, what can you do? Regular moves continued. All right, here we go. Rolling for magic. Box cars. Oh. Six against twelve. Oof. All right, here we go with this giant magic phase of 12 dice. All right, we'll start by casting Apotheosis on the Phoenix. On the Phoenix. Yep, on the Phoenix. Okay. Power, yeah, powered-up version, needing a tent. Yep. I'll re-roll the 1. Oh, 9, 13. 18. 18. And I've got 8 dice left. I'm good with letting that one go. All right, I heal. 1 wound. And you used your book re-roll. Once every spell? Yeah, he gets to reroll a die every time he casts with that book. And dispel. It's it's Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was once a turn. That's why I didn't think about it, but I mean not that I would have stopped that spell anyway. I'm gonna take the one wound back. I'm waiting for the confagulation of kick your ass. <laughs> 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 Alright, uh flame on, fiery convocation on your witches. Yeah, go man, go. Needing a nineteen. We'll book the two. 
stays the same. So 6, 9, 14, 24, 29. 29. Here we go. Here's my response to that whopping 29. Mm -hmm. A couple of sixes. Oh, man. There they are, a pair of sixes. Darn it. That's that. Asking ye shall receive. Correct. All right, then we'll go with Walk Between Worlds. Uh, what can we do? All right, a regular Walk Between Worlds on the Dragon Princess needing an eight. And we'll book the one. So, 14. It's good. Okay. So, the Walk Between Worlds, your Dragon Princess moved 10 inches. Getting closer to that combat, and with two spells off, that's a... They've got a four-up ward save now on that unit, don't they? All right, Dragon is shooting his uh, flame attack over the Witch Elves. 17 Witch Elves in the Cauldron. Taking the... This is kind of a big roll here. Strength four, toughness three. Ten wounds. He's got a five-up ward save, though. Here we go on the ward. Save three. Well, wow, wow. He saves half of half. them. Nice. You wish three. <laughs> I hit her. Do not wound, though. So he hits the hag on the cauldron and doesn't wound her. Yeah, that's not a stupidity check. That's a, a leadership. So his archers fail. The archers in the wood, fungus force, fail their stupidity test and stumble forward one inch. Oh, and one inch doesn't even take... If you roll a six, you get them out of the forest at least. So now they're still in the forest. I don't know. With all the good things that have happened for him this turn, I don't feel so bad about this particular one thing. Nope, I'll take all the good things I can get. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that, that one-inch stumble doesn't quite compare to the four-inch, the, the, the slow-ass shades. Although only killing five witch elves with a breath weapon was disappointing, to say the least. Chris does not wound any of the harpies, and now the harpies are going to try to take down this bolt thrower. Hopefully, fours and fours. Six of armor. Oh, <laughs> oh! So it it's is. a draw. Now the battle against the dark elf bolt thrower. The bolt thrower is gone. Here. All right. So end of turn two. So, yeah, we had a little snafu in that I had forgotten to um, ambush my spears. Uh, and to Alex's point, since we did it late, uh, you know, it could it could give me a slight advantage since I know how things played out post-charges. If post we were charges. playing in a tournament, you'd have just lost it. You'd have basically Probably. been like you didn't get to, Yeah, because you, you're way too, too many phases behind. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but since it's a friendly game, yeah, bring them on. Right. Okay, so what are we discussing? Just how, how are we doing? It's the end of turn two. Just a real quick uh, before we take a break on how we're doing. Uh, the bottom line is is that until the big units see combat or significant action of some kind, everything else is just maneuvering. You right. know, when 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 the big stuff happens one way or another, that's when this game's going to get decided. Killing a few units of chaff here and there, considering how aggressively both armies have moved towards each other, I don't think is going to determine the game. That's my opinion. 
Yeah, it looks nasty. I mean, looking on the board, it looks like it could be nasty. And I really, I'm, I'm that those shades. I mean, you know, you know, it's a game of dice and things like that can happen. But you look at that, and that's what one thing that's like, oh, that really not what you wanted to, mm-hmm. not what you wanted to see play out there. So, so what were you talking about? The Phoenix? Why was that a tactical mistake? I thought that the flyover for the Phoenix was very dangerous because the crossbow unit was already sitting four inches in front of where it is now. You can see it in the pictures at the end of turn uh, two. And so it was in a very good spot to block potential charges. Um, by flying them over, you give them a strong chance of taking a panic check, which they did. And they have a 34% chance on the leadership eight of failing that check with no rerolls. Okay, and then a five or above will bounce them through the witch elves. Now, it didn't work out because I only rolled a four, but it almost opened up that entire side of the table for my witch elves, which I think would have been a very dangerous move. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. You know, the real impetus behind moving the phoenix in that way was to reduce the amount of shooting that I would be taking in subsequent rounds. It didn't occur to me that I would do enough to panic that crossbow unit and end up in the situation, so... Well, but you could have flown from a different angle, right, and not gone over and burned them. I, I think checked. Saying, you could uh, still... I, I couldn't have landed on the other side of those witches or the, those crossbows to quite do that. No, but what I'm saying, you could have put it where it was right there without actually, because you could have flown from any angle. You could have flown mm-hmm. right over the idol of Gork right. and just landed there and not flown and burned them. I think that's what Alex is saying. You should have just avoided oh, the I burn see. them. Well, I was trying to burn them, though, again, to reduce the number, number right. of crossbow he, shots. He, what, he, what he should have done, in my opinion, and again, this is strictly my opinion, it worked out brilliantly, so it's it's really after the fact, but what I believe he should have done is burn the shades on the way in. Would have burned the shades on the way in, no danger there, and at the same time left the crossbows right where they needed to be, which is completely mm-hmm. in the way. I mean, I understand what you're saying. They would have had one more round of shooting, but that to me is much more preferable than taking a opening a window for the witch elves. Exactly, yeah, taking okay. a huge charge from the witch elves, which I don't think is a good idea for either one of them. Right. So, all right, uh, let's take a break. Come back and start turn three. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. So, top of three, Alex, you got some charges to declare. Or do you? I do not know. Let me see. First <laughs> things first, stupidity. And they're good. <laughs> on the on the re-roll. Boy, this is just a huge scrum. It's everything's happening on Alex's side of the field. 
From Alex's left to his right, he's got his his Dark Riders who are still running, and then there's the big unit of Dragon Princes. Got a Phoenix next to that, the Dragon next to that on either side. He's got the Eagle, the Riders. He's got the he's got the ambush unit that just came in. All that stuff around a bunch of witch elves and some crossbows. Malekith's unit goes surging forward, and the Peg Rider goes rushing in as well. He's going to rally them Dark Riders, and they rally. So those crossbowmen rally, and uh, so now they are... Alex is, trying to what, Alex is trying to figure out where to move them. So after Malekith surges forward there, and the crossbowmen rally, there's basically some a lot of reforming of the rest of the units. The witch elves, the, uh, the big unit of crossbows, all getting ready, maneuvering for combat. Oh, all right, so Alex has nine dice for his Winds of Magic, and Chris has five. No channels, but let's see what's going to happen now. All right, throwing a soul stealer at the center of that ambushing unit of spears. 23. Ooh, and Chris lets it go, so let's see how there's if there's any scatter. You can throw it in front of there. Don't worry about the dice for that. Yes. Does only scares two inches. Oh, so uh, within six inches of the cauldron, so he gets to re-roll all those misses. So re-roll those. He needs five, right? Whoops. So that's three off of that. And that can go past his starting number, right? So now Malekin has two more wounds. Oh, and he got doubles on the roll, so 2d6 strength one hits. Eight. Another one. Got the re-roll. So one more. All right, Malekith is casting Doombolt on the dragon. So he dis Chris dispels that one. Word of Pain on a 17. Ooh. So that whole unit loses two to all its important stats. So there's magic, some shooting. All right, Shade's shooting at the Phoenix. Oh, crossbowmen shooting at the Phoenix, sorry. Okay, so 20 crossbowmen does two wounds to the to the Phoenix, which saves them both, so nothing. He really doesn't want the front, the Flames Fire Phoenix charging the flank of his witch elf. Shade's shooting at the dragon. Two wounds. Could kill it. Three up armor becomes four up armor. Save one. Down to uh, one. <laughs> so he's down to one wound on that dragon. Man. So that's it for shooting. Down to the last count, the only combat, which is that harpies against. There it goes, one wound. And it finally kills the last bolt thrower. Now we're moving to the bottom of turn three. To the bottom of three. Everyone's moved around all of Alex's units. Alex's units are out of his deployment zone facing black into his deployment zone where, <laughs> where all of Chris's flying beasties 
have congregated. Chris, you was pensively looking at the table, not certain where to declare or if to declare a charge. Oh, so the, the archer stopped being stupid. All right, here it goes. Hey, pick up your mic for this because you're going to announce a bunch of stuff. Oh, that's fine, Chris. Just I mean, you're declaring charges, yeah. so declare them in whatever way. You know, this is the this is the part of the game that everybody's waited for. Right. Bottom of three. <laughs> you know, this is where you know you do your thing, one way or another. So the phoenix will charge into the the witches in the flank there. Yep. Okay. Okay. The dragon will charge the front of the witches. Oh, okay. Okay. The dragon princes will charge the flank of the crossbows. Okay. So far, I'm good. None of those things have any ranks. <laughs> right. Just going through my thought process. That'll be it for charges for now. That's it for charges. Yeah. Oh, very okay. good. All right, so since I'm frenzied, go ahead and uh, move them in. I think everybody's within minimal. <laughs> Chris fails his march uh, leadership role to march move the eagle, so that eagle will only be moving 10. Well, he was hiding behind the idol of Gork, of Mork and Gork for half the game, so. And the eagle on the hill flies in and pulls another quick block maneuver on Malekith's unit. Gets a swift reform off. All right, magic phase. What do we got? Eight for Chris and six. Ooh, channel. So eight to seven on the magic dice. Okay. Chris is doing the powered up apotheosis on the dragon. Powered up apotheosis gives him back what? D3 wounds. 17. Dragon's down to his last wound, and Chris gets off the apotheosis. What's Alex going to do? Is he going to let that slide? Alex is going to let that slide. Here's the reason why. Because Chris is sitting there and surreptuously eyeing the drain magic spell, okay? And as a result of his poker face and thinking that I wouldn't spot it, of course I was aware of it. There is no possible <laughs> way I can let that spell go at this time after taking all the trouble of getting more pain onto his unit. <laughs> oh, so, so, so he wants? Okay. So uh, Chris played this beautifully, but unfortunately there's just no way I can let that happen. The dragon's going to be in trouble anyway. Go. All right, okay, so how many wounds does it get back? One. One wound. Oh, well played, Alex. It's up to two wounds only with lots of crazy oh, witches nice. trying to kill it. <laughs> yeah, it's the only spell I need to cast, so it's the only critical one. You have six dice plus your for one free. All right. He has seven dice because he hasn't thrown anything, yeah. All right, so this is a ward save buff. All right, drain magic on a seven. We rolled a 2, and that becomes a 4. 8, 14, 22, 27. 27. 27. Look at those double sixes. <laughs> oh, yep. 10, 20, 26. Yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah. 27, 30, 35. <laughs> 40. Dang. I don't think you, I've ever heard a roll no, that you're high. you're not casting that spell. No. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so magic phase is over. Is there any shooting? There's some shooting. There and the, the reverse. Oh, oh and those archers, too. Okay. Ten archers at two... Sh or nine archers at two shades. 
Four hits. Two wounds. There goes that unit of shades. It's gone. The chaff is just disappearing, and it's coming down to giant flying beasts and big blocks of insanity. So the archer's snoozing in the building. One hit. No wounds. Now the reavers are shooting at the dark riders. Nothing. <laughs> that are in combat, yeah. Yeah, you gotta make way. Yeah, bring the wizard forward. So the BSB makes way and the general makes way, so they both get into the combat right up in the front rank there, moving, displacing the musician to the second rank. And now it's time for some combat. Yep, the general. Okay, Who would have guessed me. that the 70-point sword would make the light of day? Well, if you're looking at only high-off items, there's not much to choose from. I thought you would have the, uh, the lance with the... With I the might have. Plus three attacks. I might have. So he gets three extra attacks, and if those hit on sixes, they ought, there's no armor save. So he's down to strength one, I thought, isn't he? Oh, he's strength four. Okay. No armor save. So one kills with no armor save, and one is a regular save of The Blade of Leaping Gold kills two. Oh, jeez. They do. I forgot about that. You just managed to kill all four of them with your we in your weakened state. We're going to take all Man. So they wipe out the uh, the last of the crossbowmen, and they overrun, and it brings them into contact with the witch elves. So they declare the new charge. Wheel in, chomp. Yep, they get to fight again because. So. All right, now here we go. The witch elves with the cauldron, going after dragons, phoenixes, and dragon princes. Woo! So here now I'm excited. 24 attacks on the dragon. <laughs> and he's got two wounds left? Two wounds left and a three-up armor save. So they need to get it like six wounds through to him. Mm -hmm. They have poison, right? They do. Yeah. It's not looking good for the dragon, but I had to, I had to send him in. I see a bunch of sixes in there already. You don't have that poison on a five thing going on, though. Oof. That would have been bad, Chris. That is really bad. Here comes with hatred. <laughs> so 24 attacks. He had 22 hits. How many poisoned ones? So eight poisons, eight automatic wounds, and right. So there's three more wounds. Reroll to wound. Oh, goodness. toughness five. Oh, God. So how many wounds is that? Thirteen wounds. If this was Skaven, I'd say you were doomed. Oh, boy. Wow, this is crazy. <laughs> so the dragon bites it. The dragon dies. Before the dragon it gets dies. Chops. The biggest thing is, because without the always strike first, he's dead before he can attack, and it's the stomps that I was really scared of. So, so, But I only get two wounds out of that particular combat. 
What about the Phoenix? Does the Phoenix have always strikes first? Uh, no. So I get to continue on before that. Right. So flank attacks four times four. Okay. Only 16 attacks. Only 16 attacks to his flank. Phoenix has three wounds left? Three wounds left and a four ward save. Does he have an armor save at all? No? Okay. Weapon skill five. Oof. So, 14 hits, 4 poisons. So one more. And re-roll. Oh, just keep on coming. It just keeps rolling. Next. Now you know what it's like to sit on the other yeah. side of it and play him. Two oh. more. So, so how many we got? Seven wounds. you got to save five. That's You've right. On a four-up ward. Five on a four-up ward. All right, ready? One, two, three, four. Bad. Oh, that's not enough. Ouch. You save four, three go through. There goes the Phoenix. Oh! Okay. Well, the battlefield looks empty with all those giant flyers gone. Five up, because they already have a six up because of their dragon armor. So now he's down to just the dragon princes, who are still at minus two to their strength. So they're charging in at strength three, strength one, plus the, plus the lances. Okay, so here we go. Oh, wow. Seriously, like one turn and suddenly the board looks clear. Like the eagles have moved, all those big flying mugs. Fear check. Good. No wounds on the cauldron from the riders that have to attack the cauldron. General gets two hits. Oh, and he saves them both with the ward. So one wound. Saves that one too. Jeez. So those all missed. So, so wow, then, you're... Did you just... One wizard. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's not going to... Yeah, they're not going to kill much. Uh, it hits. Strike two. Nothing. And then four horses. Uh, one horse into the cauldron. Oh, okay, gotcha. Wow! So you all your entire DP bus with the with the penalty on it did no wounds. Did no wounds. He saved with his ward save saved everything. Correct. Wow. Okay. Uh, Chris hasn't. Well, Chris hasn't said it, but he's got the World Dragon banner in the unit. I'm sure. Uh, the reason why it comes into play now is because my hag has the chill blade. The chill blade. Uh, wounds automatically, but it is a magic weapon, which, you know... So he's going to get a two-up ward against that, but you've right. got all those... Well, nothing all else those is attacks. magic. Right. Correct. So here we go. I have to do the hag first. I'll, I'll put her on the general. So she has plus D3 attacks from the rune of Cain. Mm -hmm. So three more. Of course. Yeah. Does that... Now does the, are, you, are you guys stubborn as well? I mean, do they, do they naturally stubborn? If there's a way for them to be stubborn... From the High Elf book, then yes. Oh, that's... I forgot, that's right. That's the High Elf thing. I, General takes eight wounds, but he's got a two-up ward against him. Oh, so he's got a... So you got a three-up? comes a three-up. So a three-up armor, two-up ward. Of course. Oh, okay. He's good. Ugh. Yeah, there you the, go. The, the general I knew was not going to uh, go anywhere with the hag. Hey, there but could the have been a couple these, of ones. There could have the been. The rest of these attacks may be helpful, though. Although <laughs> I'm not going to be able to dent his armor. 
So the two witches on the cauldron, that's how many attacks each? Just keeps on piling up dice. Oh, I know. This is into rank and file. Okay, so so how many attacks have you got going in there, Alex? What is it, like almost 20, right? So just roll them, yeah, whatever. We'll hear. I'll guess by the number of dice hit here hitting the, the box of destiny. It's going to be a lot. It's a lot of dice, yeah. My weapon's going three. You need threes. Oof. Hitting on threes. Already see the poisons coming out. He's got a two-up armor save, yeah. So, I mean, you're a two-up armor, five-up ward. And not doing a lot. Force to wound with a reroll. Okay. It's like 13 total wounds. So far. 14 wounds and seven. <laughs> Two-thirds. Like, he's got to fail some of this, though. I mean, I'm not rooting for him to fail it. I'm completely impartial. Right now, I should kill one guy. Yep. So three up. So you got three wounds and you got a five up ward. You killed two. So, but this is where it gets bad. Because we're, now we're going to do combat rest. Seven wounds total, I think. That's, so that's two banners is nine. Three ranks makes uh, 12. Oh, you're four, four horses. horses. Get you could make a difference. Hey, good, good. Correct. So uh, one, one. weapon skill two. No, weapon skill one. Five. Doesn't. Which also need fives. Yeah. Oh, three hits. No. All right, horses. Roll horses. Go horses. I know, I know. But they're strength, they're strength two. That's the problem. Yeah. Strength one. Strength oh, there's strength of fives. One. Okay. Got a witch elf with a five up ward. Does the witch elf save it? Of course. Oh, my God. I'll make it. Jeez. In the, fairness, there's been a toll out of this entire combat. I've had to make four ward saves. Right. Well, yeah, we'll be with that. With that, uh, you lose by nine. You lose Voice. by nine. Snake eyes rerollable. Oh, oh, All right. Attempt one. No. Nope. Attempt two. No. Five inches. Yeah. And they're gone. He runs them down. Ouch. I think that's the game. I mean, what are we looking at left? You got two eagles, nine archers, and five reavers. Oh, and you got that unit of. Uh, I mean, we can keep on playing it out. I don't want to. Yeah, play it out. I mean, was, I mean hell, we got show to fill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't think you have a unit I can table that can threaten either one of my two major blocks. Whereas I've killed off all of your points, basically. Right, correct. I mean, you have the Spear Elf block, which is not going to want to get into combat with either one of these two blocks. Right. How many you could potentially make the charge there. But that's not enough to uh, uh, yeah, swing the game. But that, right so you may kill the crossbow unit, at which point these guys are going to return. Those guys, yeah, I'll have to first charge the eagle, right. you know, get them out of the way. Then I'll have to reform them this way. But eventually, because we're still, believe it or not, we're, we're still only going into top four. Half, right, I am right. going to chase this unit oh, down with course. one of those two units. So I think at this point, there's really not much to discuss. Yep, so we can talk about post-game, the game. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. We'll come back from a commercial break, and then uh, we'll have a little post-game wrap-up discussion. Brian Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine U.S., wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to coolminiornots.com. 
and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. All right, we are back for a post-game wrap-up. Um, in fact, here, why don't you guys just, I mean, you guys played it. I don't need to ask you too many questions. Yeah, you know, with this list that I've been running, you know, typically I have the Chrono Command uh, item in the night bus specifically for that situation. And I, you know, made it all the way to your backfield, and I felt good at, at the time about the charge going in with the Dragon Prince bus, uh, the Flamespire Phoenix, and the Dragon. And uh, the one thing that I think may have swung it is getting the spears in there but the reason I didn't charge them in is because be, you know having to maximize I was afraid if the spears and the dragon got in there that would push out the deep the dragon prince block and deny them from getting into that charge so maybe in retrospect what I should have done is not charge the dragon in get the spears in but even then there you're you're looking at so many attacks from the witch elves I think both are probably losing oppos- losing propositions uh probably if um one convocation had gone off or more, that would have helped me, I think, a lot in that combat. I think I uh, the two things that I think worked out successfully for me is, number one, I stopped the right spells throughout the game. Correct. I knew what you were attempting to do with the spells, and I pinpointed the ones that could potentially hurt me, and I saved all of my dice for those spells. I let through the heal spell basically every time. Mm-hmm. So that's not number one. And number two, the two monsters that you charged into that combat were significantly injured. Right. The dragon only had two wounds remaining on it. The phoenix only had three wounds remaining on it. So uh, if either one of them had been healthier, uh, I think they would have survived to attack back. Stomp, which was something I was sure. worried about. Yep. Um, you know, And then also, of course, getting the word of pain off on the uh, oh, DPs that was, huge. Was, was a game swinger. That, yeah. was, that was the spell that changed it because all of a sudden they became very, very average in combat, oh, yeah. low strength, even against naked chicks, still needed high rolls. Um, not... I think you said you put it best. You only had to make four ward saves. Yeah, the whole that entire combat. That was the point. That yep. entire combat of all those potential attacks, only four ward saves needed to be made. Yeah, that was sick. I've never seen that with witch elves before. I mean, they do a lot of damage and then they just fall down, and you're just right. it was nothing. You didn't kill one witch, elf and that's in coming that from nine dragon princes, a, lo- a fighty lord, and a BSB. Right. Yeah. So, I, and I honestly, I don't think if you would have charged with your with your spears, you would have done much more because. Well, no, I think that's probably even a better target for those witch elves. Well, yeah, they're tearing into toughness three. Yeah, there's toughness three, and it's got almost no armor. Saves, Five up armor. So yeah. they would they would have just ripped that up. My only hope is bad. he he didn't the roll as many res. sixes, and my armor save on the dragon would help me. But yeah, yeah the combat the res combat res that, that would have gone against those whatever whatever yeah. damage those spears could have done would have been t- completely negated mm-hmm. in combat this, res from those witch elves. Here is. What I dislike about this game, it goes to prove that the cauldron capability of rerolling wounds is absolutely brutal. Number one, the early rounds of shooting. I basically congregated all my shooting around the cauldron, the two, uh, mm-hmm. the two RBTs, and then the crossbowmen on both sides of the unit. I, even though I needed sixes, I didn't care because I knew I'd be throwing a boatload of dice at it. And I would just keep re-rolling until I got a bunch of sixes, which is what happened. Right. I didn't kill the two monsters, but I killed the mage off early, 
and I was able to... The Dragon Mage. Yep. Right. Kill the Dragon Mage off early, and I was able to put enough wounds on the other monsters to make you worry about them, keep having to heal them. Correct. So that was number one. Number two, in combat, which nobody's questioning, okay... I mean, that thing is just nasty because one of the negatives of the Witch Elves is the low strength. Right. Well, guess what? Even if you need sixes when you're throwing four million dice and you keep re-rolling them until you get a bunch of those sixes. You're going to rack them up? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that it's a it's a brutal thing, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, this cauldron, as rules, as they stand right now, these rules, I think the cauldron becomes a one-plus item, and, and you're going to see it in every Dark Elf army surrounded by a boatload of crossbows. So here's my question. The, I know the, the argument being, because it says re-roll fail, all fail to wound rolls. Correct. That's what it says. Now, murderous prowess, it's just for close combat. Correct. So you're looking for an FAQ that says, no, 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 we only mean close combat, not for shooting as well. I'm, I, I don't, that would be my preference. Well, I'm saying that, that I mean, because I, I, I almost, I mean, personally, in my mind, I kind of thought that that's what it meant until you pointed out, no, that's not what it says. It's all, because I just linked it with murderous prowess. If you have murderous prowess in close combat, you get to reroll all. But yeah, you, I mean you're right. What writ rules is written? Unfortunately, every dark elf in the book, including the crossbowmen, including spellcasters, have the mur- have the prowess special rule. Right. So right, all of them get to reroll. But it doesn't say in close combat. It just says get to reroll all. And that's the other part. It's the word all. Right. Okay. It just doesn't say. It doesn't even leave it the chance to say just reroll wounds questioning which mm-hmm. wounds it says all wounds all to wound rolls yeah so i mean right. it, it, it's clear as written i just think it's a horrible mistake yeah i'm, I'm just wondering if and like i said I, I, that's what the big argument is is because if they have murderous prowess so i'm just wondering if they meant and it poorly poorly worded they get to read all those words that they would for murderous prowess i mean when that's just that's an rai not a raw so obviously if the FAQ comes out and says, oh, no, we meant it just to be like murderous prowess, but everything, if that's what they meant, you then can that, get, that's, that's, that's better. I mean, I would say that's much more. Right. There's no question, because if you think about it, if you have a giant hill like the one I had, yep. okay, you can line up four RBTs along the hill in the back of the unit, and the four RBTs in the back of the unit, they would all get re-rolls to wound. Mm-hmm. And then you can park two huge... Cro- I mean, I used 110 and 120, but I don't see why you couldn't have two units of 30. Sure. Okay. So, I mean... Firing 60 bolts apiece, and then you hit a bunch, and then, yeah. so and then re-roll to wound. I mean, it's just... It's 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 awful. And even against the high uh, the high armor, I mean, it's still armor piercing. It, it, I, it, to me, it's a giant loophole. Giant loophole. Now, uh, there is a flip side to this. Okay, let me, let me back up a step. Because the cauldron is a chariot that's parked inside of a unit of a witch elves, okay, if you have any template weapons like cannon or stone throwers, they can take that thing out. Now, it has a four upwards, okay, right. but that becomes, your, that becomes your priority target right. for that kind of thing. But, again, I, I just think that that wording of allowing all rerolls is brutal. So, in the case of bolt throwers, which is all high elves have access to, they would not be able to pick out that cauldron. That's correct, because it's ballistic shooting, and if it has, if there's more than five models in the unit, right, rank and file, it's got a random. So it's, it's also oh, it's not a unit. template like a cannon, which right. then you can aim it or a, or a stone thrower. We could put the dot right on its head. Correct. Okay. Oof. Wow. Honest to God, I thought Chris, I thought I, I thought you had it. 
And I, I liked. Well, I, I never write any game off, especially games against Alex. But I liked uh, the position that I was in. And I'm not trying to write off Alex either. But when I saw all that, you look at the pictures. I mean, guys, if you're yeah. not seeing this, and obviously we can't describe it as well, go on the forum and look at the pictures. I mean, it was just it was it was these all these huge monsters and the dragon princes who I've never beaten just come running completely up. bounced. Yeah. Oh, with that Complete. spell, I've never I mean, seen that, them bounce that badly. That spell was beautiful. And, and in the end, if you break it down, you didn't even need Malekith or your Cold One bus. I didn't need the Cold One bus. Malekith, they didn't factor into this game at all. Malekith was crucial for me. his leadership. Uh, he he's he was crucial, and the reason why actually he's not that great in combat. Mm. Okay, I actually never intended for him to be that awesome in combat. Now that unit puts out a bunch of strength six attacks on the charge, so they're nothing to sneeze at. Right, but. His purpose and the reason why I took him is is I needed a level four without a dispel scroll available. Mm. Okay. My only option for my only other option for a level four was Marathi or a regular level four. Marathi gives you nothing on defense. Malekith Circlet, which gave me one extra die on the spell cast a turn and then one extra die on the spell cast a mm. turn, was huge. That's yeah. the reason why I took him. I mean at five hundred and thirty five points, whatever he comes out to be on a cold one. He's very, very expensive, but that was his primary purpose. He's giving me magic and magic defense. That's why I took him. And 18-inch leadership mm-hmm. uh, is nothing to sneeze yeah. at either. So, so with those leadership 10, 18-inch bubble was huge, but at least three spells were were stopped only because of that right. extra die. I think in each, in each turn, that extra die was, that was, a huge factor. The, the, yeah. was the factor. And yes. I, I wondered about that because you deployed Malekith and that, that cold one unit way out on the flank. Right, because I was actually very concerned about that unit getting charged. You have a couple of things, the dragon, the, the, even the frost, the, uh, mm-hmm. fire phoenix, I mean, and the DP, of course. But any of those units getting into that unit, um, I mean, they're only strength four, okay, sure. if, if they don't get the charge off. And Malekith in combat is, is, he's just okay. Is he strength four? He's strength four, um, Oh, he's got the item where if he does any wounds, you can choose a magic item and strip Correct. it. Correct. He kills. He kills magic items. The problem is, is that uh, you know against your dragon or against your your phoenix, and he does have a four up ward. I mean, yeah. a two up ward save. Okay, but that's against non magical attacks. Ah, I see. So, for example, your phoenix, if that thing would have charged into him, he would have just killed over because those are magic attacks. Right. And only he, the only thing he's got is he's got heavy armor. So mounted on a cold one, he's got a three-up armor save. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that phoenix could have yeah, and all your dragon prince him. attacks are magical too, aren't they? Dragon are prince attacks? No, they're not magical. Oh, they're not magical. No, no but I uh, both of your characters are magical, right? You know, so I, I mean, the point is, is Malekith in combat is he's safe against non-magical attacks with his two-up ward mm-hmm. save for non-magical attacks. But it's not like that ward save is reduced; it completely goes right. away against magical attacks. That's, that's interesting. Then. Uh, your fear was also my biggest fear, but the opposite way. You did not want him to get into combat at all, whereas I didn't want to face him at all. Yeah, I, so it's funny how that how that played out. Well, no. then that worked to Alex's favor. Correct, you're, yeah. like, I don't really want this guy to get into combat, and you're like, I ain't going near him. Yeah, good. Right. Well, well it, that was my plan, though. I, I was know. looking for this battle, though. I was looking at that big unit of cold one nights, not ranking them five, going wide with them, yeah. just two ranks, go wide, get all these attacks. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be a battle. That's gonna be a battle. But it really wasn't. There was, I the never got into combat. I. They almost they almost fought an eagle. I I, uh, <laughs> I primarily the only units uh, you know, and I wasn't sure which way you were gonna go. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean I know you like the DP bus. in terms of list building. In terms of list about, building, yeah. right? So had you gone the um, 
maybe multiple blocks of, of mm-hmm. something infantry. out there, infantry of some kind or whatever, more defensive shooting, you know, magic right. kind of a list with techless, which is usually how that type of list plays, which yeah. is I figured there was a 50-50 chance that might have been what I was facing. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then the cold ones become very, very good because on a charge against infantry blocks, oh, they do a ton it. of damage. Yeah. Um, and usually those blocks don't have magical attacks, so Malekith is okay. Um, the... Honestly, the fact that you had lined up all of your units here and were going to go into the mm-hmm. Witch Elves knowing that they were hurt really didn't concern me very much. Mm-hmm. I figured that they were going to go in. I was going to go first against everything but the DPs, and I was going to be putting out a ton of attacks with rerolls. Rerolls to hit, right. rerolls to wound. It's it's a lot of rerolls, a lot of things, and I'm not looking for... It's not like I'm looking to do six wounds for one of those things. I'm only looking for a couple of wounds. So... I figured that my chances were going to be good that those two monsters... Now, anything can happen with dice, of course, just like it was with my crossbow unit. Mm-hmm. But I figured my the odds were on my side that those two monsters were going to go away. Yeah, they, they certainly were. The, on the dragon, I think you were over by one or two wounds. I think the apotheosis, if I you know gained another two, wound or two, would have helped. But in the end, you know, on paper, the ma- the, that was the matchup I wanted. The DPs into the Witch Elves was the matchup that I wanted because of that two-up armor save. Right. Now, I didn't count on being minus two everything. Uh, that certainly uh, stopped that combat. And then, you know, that was the plan. Hit the Witches in the front with the Dragon Princes, then flank them or rear, charge them with the Spears. Right. Knowing that, uh, and that's the other thing. Knowing that there was no magic items from the book mm. and knowing that you weren't carrying ranks... Uh, I was pretty confident that I would get enough wounds out there on other units. Right. Okay. Had you just charged with the DPs, I would have been much more concerned, but then I would have been relying on static combat res right. with my ranks versus you not having ranks. So even had you won combat, you know, I would have been able mm-hmm. to hang in there and, and come around with my, with my cold one bus, mm-hmm. and then I would have had to take a risk on that. Now, you could have, and that was the other thing that I was kind of concerned about, Instead of charging the Phoenix into the flank of the Witch Elves, which was a good charge in terms of positioning, mm-hmm. but probably not in terms of what the outcome was likely right. to be, you might have been able to charge the Phoenix instead into the Cold Ones. Now, you had moved the Eagle to block, and I know mm-hmm. that's what you were kind of counting on. Yep. But you could have charged the Phoenix into the Cold Ones. That would have been a charge that I would have been much more concerned with. If you had just gone, if you had just gone, Phoenix into the cold ones, dragon into the crossbows, mm-hmm. and just DPs overrunning into the witch elves. Mm-hmm. That combination of charges was something I was dreading horribly. Really? Yes. I, I suppose that's right because, well, the DPs alone into the witch elves would have been a combat difference of what you did five wounds total to the monsters. That's to the monsters. Yeah. Right. I, it, what I would have had against the DPs is I would have had. Um, I did one wound. You had two, yeah, wounds. two I, wounds. You, you killed two, two, two wounds. Oh, yeah. Three two three wounds, and I would have had three ranks. So five. And a banner. No, I have two he banners. Two you have two banners. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, so it's different five. five. So it would have been But then you would have needed fives. To right. Two rolls. And not snake eyes. Not snake eyes. That's a huge difference. That's yeah. interesting. I yeah. never... It, it crossed my mind for a second, but again, I had no plans to right. engage Malakut's unit at all. Right. So. No, I, my thinking is is that had you gone that route, the dragon slams into the crossbows, okay? Uh... If that, if that, you would have had to stand and shoot then. I would have, but uh, with them standing and shooting, I would have tried and ha- I would have had to try and get two wounds mm-hmm. past his uh, armor. Well, right, so four. Sure. So, so that would have been a possibility. But they're getting charged, right? So long range, double tapping, mm-hmm. and getting charged. So you're at sixes to hit. 
So I got sixes to hit. Rerolling you know, the sixes to wound. And only rerolling the sixes to wound. So right. on, a, on a 40 shot, I mean, let's count it out. It's pretty simple. Six, seven. On a 40 six, shot, so seven, so seven would have hit. So I would have gotten, uh, one and then another one on a reroll. Sure. I would have got two wounds, which you would have saved one. On average, you would have survived with one wound. I still think that's, uh, not looking good for me. Cause assuming I make it into combat with that one wound, or even two, you know, you're still hitting first. With all those attacks, rerolling to hits, rerolling sixes again to wound. Correct. Yeah, the rerolling sixes. All you need is five guys, period, to survive, to be steadfast, to like me there, and give yourself another opportunity to hit again. I think you're right. I think that probably the dragon uh, with with whittled down wounds probably doesn't survive that fight. So maybe you're right. Maybe the maybe the um, the charge was just as 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 risky as the other one. I just think that the DPS would have given up much less combat res. Than the other units against um, yeah. the witch elves, but it, the the bottom line is it it was a tough game all around, and uh, I mean I think until the last moment it easily could have gone either way. I, I think so too. I maybe in retrospect, maybe if I had held back another turn, trying to get because really the big spell, the money spell for me is that convocation spell, right? And uh, you know you dispelled both attempts at that. Uh, if I'd give myself one more attempt at casting that on your witch elf unit, I think. That would have helped me immeasurably. And these other spells are nice, but um, you know that's that's it. They're nice. Well, my my problem with uh, my magic phase, as we talked about, is um, it's a very short ranged thing. So eighteen inches, typically. Right. So I couldn't get anything off early. Okay, right. I mean, I got no magic off early. The one time that I got a decent magic phase and I was actually in the position to take advantage of it was when I had the nine dice. I added one die to the mm-hmm. big roll. But bottom line is, I mean, it's 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 not a bad roll. Uh, it, it's not a bad lore situational. Right. Getting so more against high elves, it's it's great. I believe so. I believe that it's it's situationally good. But I find it difficult to believe that most high elves would play the high lore, right? You know, so I mean, especially when they can choose any one of them. I, you know, personally, I found the lore severely lacking. I mean, the the uh, attribute where you add one, plus one ward save is nice, but it only does that to one unit, and then all the spells that you're casting to get that attribute are okay to subpar. Look, uh, Contagion is a powerful spell. But it doesn't even come close to what I would feel like in terms of trepidation if that if my witch elf unit would have to have survived dwellers. Oh, Same yeah. thing with Melikit's unit. I don't yeah. want that a third of that unit gone every time you cast that right. spell. I mean, it, it, that's a spell that that unit just does not take. I mean, the one upside is that convocation spell remains in play. So if it does go off, you if you and you decide to dispel it, you've got to dispel that on a nineteen in your phase, which. A lot of pretty dice. much takes away your magic phase, or a big chunk of it. Uh, no doubt, the, that that part of it is actually nice. And there, there's no question, you know. So, I don't know. I think overall, um, um, so really, in the end, uh, yeah, you played a good game. I think you were in the driver's seat from the beginning, although it may I might not have looked at like it uh, until late. Um, yeah, just those dragon princes bouncing off those witches in such a dramatic fashion. I didn't I didn't see that coming. Yeah. No, I. Uh, the game pretty much went as I as I was mm-hmm. hoping that it would. I mean, as I told Dave, and you'll hear this part, you yeah. know, when when uh, he and I spoke before we started, my plan was to do a uh, refuse flank formation, mm-hmm. like I did. I expected you to do a reverse, a reverse yep. which I predicted yep. ahead of time, and basically, uh, 
I, I knew that eventually either you were going to try to dance around me, but some of your units are not that good at dancing and my shooting was going to whittle them sure. down too quickly for you to just sit back and take all the right. shooting. And that's really what I was expecting. I knew you had to come in because mm-hmm. my shooting was way more powerful than yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As as the Army's line. E- even though I had twice the RBTs you had, the fact that you could reroll those sixes. The, RB- the RBTs was something I was concerned with, mm-hmm. no question, which is why I allocated all of my fast-moving stuff sure. to deal with the RBTs early on. Because you had three over there on, the, on, the, on my right, and you had one in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I had the Harpies and the Unit of Shades for the middle, right. because you also had two Eagles there. And then I had a Unit of Shades and my, uh, my Master who you never actually shot at, but he was actually carrying a cloak of twilight. That's what I figured. Uh, That's which a three up war three save. Three up war save against shooting ranged. magic. Yeah. Okay. So, so he was designed to t- take a round of shooting, yep. uh, and hopefully uh, uh, get, get into, into the, the RBTs, RBTs yeah. which was what I was hoping to do. And then I put Malikit's unit over there, make it look like I'm threatening something, but in right. reality, I was just keeping him out of the way. Gotcha. Okay. Just to keep his magic on the table, and that was primarily it. Well. That uh, that was you know for for three turns and having it sort of just end like boom all of a sudden end on that one it was one round of combat ended that game <laughs> yeah but uh, man first of all it looked cool on the table it really did look nice to see all that stuff with all the flying it, stuff. it was neat I you know the game that I played I was pretty happy with I don't think I made any mistakes the charges that I made I felt I had to make although I could have arguably waited one more turn but but uh, I think overall. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was actually a really exciting game. Oh yeah! I mean, watching the, everyone sort of dancing around and lining up, and and the little it was chap a game of movement here. It was a game of movement. You know, the bolt throwers are wounding this stuff down to nothing. Then it's putting the wounds back, mm-hmm. and then all, then all of a sudden you're you're each taking out each other's uh, war machines other, out. War machines out, and I'm like, yeah. I had no idea where this was going to go. And I looked at that even that that charge. I'm like, okay, that's really good. And then, but man, that. Seriously, I mean, and you—I know you've already said it. I was sort of moving away, moving around equipment while you two were talking, but I was listening. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that DP unit bounce like that. I, I mean, it just because normally it carries the Crown of Command. That's right. the difference. Oh, right. that's the other thing. It would have been, yeah, you would have had the Crown of Command normally. Mm-hmm. Of course, it would have been stubborn on a nine, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't have gone anywhere. Stubborn on a ten. Stubborn on yeah. a ten. But, uh, not yeah, so then we would have still been playing because right. everything would have been dead, but it would have been there. And Alex would have basically just been trying to make sure to keep casting that. that so the question then that, that begs is in terms of the high elf view is, can you only play a defensive shooty magic list if you're limiting yourself to the high elf book? I don't think so. I think that you just need to be very selective in the combats that you choose. And I think that your list provided you that opportunity. You chose the combat. Right. Okay, now mm-hmm. right or wrong, that's a different question. Sure. But you chose <laughs> to make the combat happen, right. and it went down exactly as you wanted. You got the dragon, you got the DPs, and the phoenix all in the same combat mm-hmm. at the same time on the charge. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't ask for a better circumstance. Right. You know, so you got the combat you were looking for, and I believe that's what the high elf army does. It allows you to pick and choose your combat. Isolate a breakthrough. Correct. Yeah. You know, but just like it, uh, it happened in the Crusades. I don't think you chose wisely. No, 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 I did not. There, but <laughs> I, I underestimated those witches. Yeah, uh, big but time. but the 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 point is, is that to your point, can the high elves be a combat effective army? Yes, they can, and I believe that's how you were very good at using your chaff for preventing mm-hmm. certain units from moving around. Okay, and you pick your combat with 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 those selections there. 
I think that you would have had a great combat with the spears into the crossbows. That's mm-hmm. not a combat I want. Um, same thing with the situation. If if your DPs did not have the word of pain on them, right? Probably a whole totally different, different result. A whole different yeah. result because the Absolutely. the minus two weapon skill is bad, but the minus two strength really hurts. That's as if you're a toughness five. Yeah, elf with a five up wards. Exactly. That's pretty yeah. beefy. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go any worse than two. I mean, that was all he needed. I mean, in fact, yeah. that was I. I know. I realized that they're only strength three. So I mean, he if, even if he only gets the two, the three doesn't help him any except on the on the weapon skill. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was yeah. That's it's brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. On the charge, you were getting normal strength three because you had the lances. After that, it was like nothing. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But I will say this. I mean, regardless of the outcome, I thought that it was pretty interesting because the combinations that we were both carrying in terms of characters and in terms of magic items and army build is completely different. For the people that have played this game since um, the sixth edition, uh, there were no magic items in the book, in the rule book at all. Oh, really? Okay. It's only in the 8th edition, okay, that they put the common magic items in there. Prior to that, all of the common magic items were actually in the army that's books correct. in the beginning. It said common magic items, and they were all there. Oh, that's right. Know. So in the 7th ed book, there wasn't a list of common magic items? There was. It's only in the 8th edition rule book that, you, that, that, that they put those items in the BRB. It was okay. not there prior to 8th edition. Oh, so yeah. your your dispel scrolls, your plus one strength Correct. sword, are, or in each army book. I remember seeing them in the army books. I mean, I remember that's that. There was no magic items in the, items seventh, in the that's book. That's right. There was no magic items in the seventh ed book. That's, that's right. right. I, I totally spaced on that. Yeah. So so the so the game that we just had that we just played would not have been possible in any prior edition because we would have had the full complement of magic items just by going with the army books. Up, right? Yeah. By eliminating the book, you eliminated nothing. Because right. all of the magic items were in the individual army books. And at various point costs. Not all army books had common items at the same price. That's right. The uh, Dispel Scroll for the Hiles was only 20, well, 20, 20 points, points that's for right. everyone else's 25. Yeah, some of the, that's right, that's right. Yeah, some of the so swords, that, I remember, like the Sword of Might and those kind of yeah. things were unbelievably cheap for VC and things like that and were much more hmm. expensive for others. So, I mean, yeah, they were definitely burying that kind of stuff. Hmm. Huh. That's you know what now that I remember because I remember when when Eighth Edition came out and they had that laundry list of stuff. I remember Christopher thinking that was the get you by list and that they would have the common items list in the army books uh, then. But no, that's that's no, central. That's, that's it. That's yeah. what it is now. And man, everybody uses. I mean, you you don't realize how much you rely on oh all that gosh. stuff in that book. No, I'm absolutely. Not even just talking I, the dispel scroll. I, I mean, built my army and I had leftover points that would have normally gone to four up ward save plus X strength swords dispel scrolls. Chronic Man. Chronic I had none Man. Of that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You start with that. Yeah, yeah. So I had a couple hundred points, you know, sitting there, like, oh, you know, what do I do with those, all those points? Right. And of course, if I had the full complement of magic items available to me, um, I would have never taken Malakin, you know, because mm-hmm. he becomes useless at that point because he's way too expensive for what he does. Right. You know, but but uh, because I could have only had a level four and no dispel scroll, no defense whatsoever, you know, I could have given. Um, I was toying around with taking a level four with a sack dagger. Mm-hmm. And then sticking her in a uh, unit of uh, spears just to sacrifice them for for dice, and that might have been helpful. But again, I was so down on the lore that I didn't want to uh, take the chance. Yeah, you know wow. my I mean, magic. Just... You know, <laughs> I totally forgot about those things, man. Absolutely, but I mean, very interesting. I, I and I think great call to uh, to go to three thousand points. Rarely, rarely do we get to play the higher point um, games anymore. I really always enjoyed them. 
Oh yeah, I, I love them. I love playing bigger point games. When we get when we have the time, I'd rather play bigger points. Yeah, put everything on the table. Yeah, I used to, uh, um, you know, uh, back in the uh, you know in the heyday of the bunker, uh, mm-hmm. there were a couple of people that played there that would regularly um, you know throw down with me at much, much higher, much uh, higher, yeah. much higher point totals. Yeah, I think this game plays very well at three thousand points. And we'd, we'd go, now, they oh, yeah. had a, they had an eight foot table at the bunker yeah. right in front that had like a little lighthouse in the middle of it. And, you know, it was kind of a neat table because it was so big. And we used to play four or five thousand points, wow. six thousand points periodically. You know, I mean, there was a couple of guys that could field those kind of armies, you know, so I would be able to get those kind of games. I mean, they take a long time. But well, they're I, very fun. I think the advantage that the eighth edition has uh, with that respect is that a lot of, some of the spells and everything are so damage heavy. Mm hmm. That you can clear away a lot of units quicker, and the game moves at a much quicker pace. No despite question. the higher level points. Well, you yeah. go to the higher level, you can field a number of magic users right. that can throw, you know, very damaging spells because they can take different lords. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, but then you're still the one thing that when we played that big our our the big slobber knocker, you had all those wizards, but you only had so many dice to play. Yeah, with. That's it. Yeah. You're still limited to the twelve dice. You got to get yeah. You, you so, got to get items to 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 get you to those dice. That's the key. Yeah, when you were playing back in sixth and seventh, you could feel a whole bunch of wizards, and they each get extra power dice. Correct. And so you'd have oh yeah, two extra or whatever. It was. Yeah, you'd yeah. get as, as many extra as your power as your level. So right. suddenly, you know, you'd have mm. twenty, thirty dice on your side if you got a bunch right. of casters. But the flip side, you're right. Much more dice, but spells way tamer. Oh yeah. You'd be doing very little damage. Magic missiles were pretty much, you know, the rule of the land. You're so talking to about speak. back then or back currently? Then. Yeah. yeah. Well, currently, you get a, you know, a huge dwellers or something. Oh, yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah. yeah. You lay waste yeah. to, you know, 40, 50 dwellers, models. Dwellers, how about getting a vortex across your whole bow by oh. having a flying thing? And if you're a low initiative or a low strength, low toughness, whatever, <laughs> put your balls on, on and work, yeah, take them right off. Take them right <laughs> off. I mean, it, it, it's brutal. It's wow. absolutely brutal. All right. Well,. I think that's about it. Yeah, I think so. Well, wow. thank you fun. very much for the game, Chris. Yeah, absolutely, thank it. you, Alex. It was I'm great. Always fun. I'm hoping the listeners enjoyed it. I'm sorry if I could not be descriptive enough to get what's across on the board. I know it's hard. I know a lot of people when you listen to battle reports, even it's hard to picture where everything is on the board, and with the way everything was moving so quick. Well, so, you know what I would suggest is if you listen to the in between. Uh, breakdown of what we what we discuss and right. take a look at the pictures as they happen. That might yeah. paint a clear picture for you. If you're near a computer, look at the look at the pictures. They'll be we'll have a ton of them in the uh, in the show thread. Um, but I think that's a show, guys. Okay. So, uh, thank you for having me on, and thank you for playing. Sure. Thanks so for dark elves win this day, but the Hiles will rise again. But notice they didn't win it on Oath One because we obviously weren't on Oath One because there's a giant idol of gold. Yeah, you, so you get to clean up all the orc poop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can have it. Okay, either either okay. that or they'll ambush me on the way home. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, uh, thank you so much for listening. And once again, Alice, thanks for coming on. And um, listen, folks, we're going to be back on December 25th with our end of the year wrap up, kind of the 2013 in review. We have a lot of stuff to cover in that quite group. a bit. Five army books and whatnot. So, folks, we will talk to you on Christmas. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forum at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. 
You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through ChrisU at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. David.